Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. I know this might seem a little bit different. This is Back Chat. I'm not with Dan. Dan's in the studio. I am in uh, maybe the world's, oh, I don't know, 80th looking hotel rooms in Mandra. <laughs> Got it's a beautiful painting. It's a beautiful painting, isn't it? Beautiful it painting. It is. It is. I reckon um, you can pick up 20 of those for five bucks somewhere. We are coming to you from around Perth today. I'm in Mandra. Dan's in Perth. Charlie's in. Where are you, Charlie? I'm in Subiaco. You got some nice scarves behind you there, mate. Thank you. I'm, I'm increasing my collection. Didn't manage to get a Gold Coast scarf yesterday, but it's in the mail. Uh, well, if we're going to kick off with that, I think we actually should. Roaming Charlie at the Gold Coast-West Coast game. We are back. Round one is here. We are doing football finally. We've been doing this podcast with guests for about four months now with no football, but we can actually talk about footy now. And we sent Charlie out into the crowd, Gold Coast-West Coast. I've got to be honest, Charlie. I didn't have high expectations. Now that is not to be <laughs> that is not it's not meant to be offensive for you, but I, I just no, I no. thought I'll just let you go, do your thing. And what you've actually turned out is one of the greatest masterpieces of social media content I've seen in a long, long time. Well, it wasn't it wasn't just me, Kat as well. Excellent job from yeah, her. Shout She's out to Kat. Shout good. out to Kat. She's not here today, but oh it was great fun. I love doing it. Why didn't we call it roaming Kat and Charlie then? We well, I, we just went with roaming back chat. Roaming okay, back chat. roaming back chat. Okay, roaming back chat with Charlie and Cat. There you go. How about that one? Oh. Uh, sponsorless. So if there's anyone listening along that wants to get amongst that, I thought it was very, very good. Don't think it's happening here in Perth. Did you see anyone out there, Charlie? We're the only person out there with a mic and a, and no, a video. Yeah, we were the only person. Not even the major media organisations doing it. So yeah. you know, Perth first. Well, that's not surprising. Um, mainstream media not doing something that's fun and enjoyable. Uh, so there you go. Frio win by a point. West Coast. Uh, I mean, do we do we assess West Coast, Dan? Do do we actually look at that as a game, or is this just that I, I, look? I was gone? surprised that they were putting up a pretty decent effort at the start, and then I just thought, ah, oh, they're going to run out of steam here, and it happened. So I didn't have high hopes from the beginning, but look, it was a good game. Good game. Like it was just good to watch the the Eagles play again. It was good to watch Tom Barras kick a goal in his 100th game. Did uh, did, did I yeah. slash we talk that into existence? I feel like I think we so. did. 
Yeah, the 50-meter penalty was perfect. I can't remember who had the ball in their hand, but they definitely helped sell the umpire to make sure he called a 50-meter penalty. He did a very good job. I can't remember who that was, but he held on to it way longer to try and prove to the umpire they didn't give it straight back to Tommy B. So I wake, up in, I wake up in the morning and I think it's Tom Barass's 100th. I put some stories up on social media and then I think, who am I going to tweet? I'm going to tweet Sir Swamp Thing. And I tweeted him just hypothetically if Tom Barass goes and kicks a goal today. Has that ever happened in the AFL? Well, Sir Swamp came back and said, absolutely not. Never happened in the history of the game. And I was never sure of a thing happening. If there had been a betting market, I spoke to our uh, wagering partners, Bluebet, uh, which we we are very excited to announce. We do have a wagering partner here at Backchat. Bluebet are on board. We'll have Backchat bets to you in a little bit. Mm. I, I did message the lads from Bluebet. I said, it's very, very lucky that you were a week late getting to the party, lads, because if we had have started the segment we're going to do today last week, Backchat bets would have loaded up on Tom Barras to kick his first goal, and we would have absolutely cleaned them out. He would have been paying a thousand to one. Thousand to one, we would have taken you home. <laughs> I don't know if betting companies go those high that high. No, they would have had to, mate. They had to make the market. Thousand to one. Let's go. We would have absolutely cleaned them out. So if that's anything to go by going forward, I think what we say, whatever we say, happens basically. Yeah, we'll speak it into existence. It was a good moment. It was very exciting. I was there at the game jumping around like an absolute animal, as I'm sure you were, Charlie, with Kat. Uh, you can find us. You're on Backchat. You can find us on socials, Backchat, double underscore on Instagram, on Twitter. Make sure you're following along. It's usually a bit of fun during the week. We show highlights. We do a bunch of stuff. We tell everyone how good we are at talking Tom Barras into existence. Hello at Backchat podcast.com.au is the email for whatever you want to send us, really. But if you want to send it and for us to read it, my man, uh, you can send us an email. Um, you can follow us on YouTube. Well, you can, but we we you should be following us on YouTube. Just look for Backchat. That's how it works, isn't it? It's not like we have a username. So just just search Backchat. Subscribe no, we do. To the just show. back. Just search for Backchat. We'll be there. We're almost um, at a thousand subs, and it's a it's a meaningless number to be honest. But well, I just I want that K next to the number, and we're getting close. People are just jumping on board. It's good. I mean, that's like saying kicking uh, your first goal in your hundredth game is meaningless. It's not meaningless. It's everything. No, it's not meaningless. No, it's not. I don't know why a thousand, but I just want that K. So we're very lucky to be supported coming into this football season by a few sponsors. Whip, what, what, whoa, almost hit my microphone off. I'm throwing my arms around a little bit. Hopefully you can hear me still. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Whippersnapper, they've been on with us for a long time. So they're not just involved for the footy season. They're still providing the goods. You can see them over Dan's left shoulder if you're watching on YouTube. I hope you've got a whippersnapper in front of you, Dan. Oh, yeah, I definitely don't. do. Oh, yeah. Charlie, 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 <laughs> of course you Come do, through as well. Very good. So there you go. Whippersnapper are on board, providing us with the goods throughout the season. Head down there if you can. If you want a little cheeky discount off Whippersnapper, you just follow us on Patreon. You become a patron of this podcast. You get VIP discount codes for all of our sponsors. Bluebet are on board. Uh, wagering partner, Bluebet. Very excited. We're going to do some stuff with that in a little bit. And Cameo. They're our live social media provider. Oh, it's been good. a long, long time coming. Social media getting a bit of support, and I'm a little bit excited about Cameo getting behind us for that. Dan, are you excited? Mate, have you ever seen me excited. more excited? <laughs> now, before we get to some of that stuff, we've got a big, big thing to touch on: the fantasy league. Now, yeah. we've been building this up for a long time, so everyone's had plenty of time to get their teams together, including me, including yep. you, Dan, yep, including you, Charlie, Cat, Indy, Sam. 
the crew's all got their team together. My wife, Alex, has got a team in our league. Dan. Does she? Does, does Beck have one either? No, she's not a patron, so she, I didn't let her in the league. <laughs> yes, Alex is a patron. Made her Very sign good. up. Um, I've had a few people actually on social media saying, uh, I've seen that there's an Alex Schofield in the league. Have you got two teams in? Now, I will start this fantasy segment brought to you by Backchat and Backchat only. Trust me when I say it's my wife's team. I am fucking livid with how well she has gone. She's almost got 2,000 points in the first week. You know how she picked her team? You know how she picked her um, vice captain this week? She picked Bailey Smith because he's hot. Yeah, that's good. He got, a, he got 140 points as her vice captain. Thanks for coming. She's got she's got a bunch of other hot players in there as well. Christian Petrarca, she thinks is hot. Um, I'm surprised Tom Hawkins didn't get that. She get, thinks Tom Hawkins is hot. So she's got a team ben of Brown. hot guys. Ben Brown. Ben Brown didn't quite make that. Oh, that's very good. Ben Brown. How did you boys go in fantasy? How did you go this week? Uh, okay, so how many we got a we've got what a hundred and how many people? 158. 158 in the league. I am ranked uh one hundred and forty six. <laughs> so but you know what? I love a comeback story, so I'm 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 high on that train. Didn't didn't do well, um, to be honest. But that's Best fine. Performance? Long season. You got any good any good performers in your team or just all absolute trash? Uh, a lot a lot of trash, if I'm being honest. Um, Who was your I mean, captain? Um, I think Jordan McRae was my captain. Jordan McRae. Well, I can tell Jack you why. McRae. Jack McRae, I could, sorry. I can tell McRae. you why your team hasn't gone very well. He hasn't mate, played He before. doesn't play AFL. <laughs> uh, so he, he got 120 and he was my captain. Uh, he's very good. Uh, well, that's a good start. So you must have had a really shit team if you got 120 from your captain and you couldn't make up yeah, the there good. Was any, any... Didn't, there were some people that didn't play. So. You had zeros on your field. Yeah, there was, there was some zeros. Dan, that's not good enough. Yeah, now, I, know, listening, I know. You, you need to be alert. It's a rolling lockout. Pay attention to the teams. Yep. Just You can save yourself. The, I mean, don't yep, Dan. Don't yep. You haven't done I've it. I've got an excuse. I'll give it to you. What? It was the same week as F1 season started, the fantasy, and I was paying a lot of attention to that as well. So, oh, Thanks for letting all the back chat listeners involved with the fantasy league. Do you want to invite anyone else to your fantasy league, mate? I play in a league that someone invited me to. So There's fucking 20 cars, mate. It can't be that fucking hard. Like, pick it's a few drivers. Hard. Oh, God. No, 20, 20 people to choose that. There's a 360 AFL players. That's enough of you. Charlie, how'd your fantasy team go, mate? Yeah, I'm a bit higher than Dan. I'm 124 this week. Okay. Uh, I also had some DNPs on my list. <laughs> Boys, you're letting the team down. I might be, yes. Uh, best performance? Best. Who's your MVP for the week? I also had Jack McRae. He's not my captain, though. That's my right. captain is Brody Grundy. Yeah, I had him got as 96 as well. points. Yeah. yeah. Poor, poor, poor decision-making by you and I, Charlie. But uh, what, what about Rowell? zeros? Oh, yeah, he was very good. What about zeros? Who'd you really, really just absolutely blow it with? Uh, no zeros. Uh, okay. I did ha- I did pick Hugel Hagen, who did not make the list. Oh, not on your field. He's on my field. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he, mate, he wasn't named in the team on Wednesday. You, ca- you can't. Yeah. There, there's some simple advice here for everyone listening. If this is your first time playing fantasy, as you can tell, it's going to be great banter for the year. But please, just have a look at the team's Take your five minutes just to adjust the team, make sure you've got no zeros, and then we can all just grow together. Okay. In saying that, I'm trying to act like the expert. I'm in 108th position, so <laughs> we haven't cracked the 100. I think there's some you know, quite good players in our team. Charlie, have you got, you got some of the – maybe give us the top three. Who's in pole position off, uh, after round one? 
So in uh, third position, I'll give you the top three, is, and I'm not liking this name, it's Nunes from the Boundary as a oh, Freo fan. Travis, oh uh, he's got 2-101. Oh, that's a big score. A big score. Next is, uh, in second position, Johnny Drama, who's Johnny, uh, 2 Okay. Very tight. I like that name. So four points in it. And then yep. our winner for this week is the Common Men, Andrew, on 2-109. Four points again. Okay, very good. Now, if you are listening along and you want to put your team up or you want to give us some banter, we'd love to hear from it on socials. I think we can do a bit of this during the weekend as well. Uh, It was a busy weekend this weekend, first round, bit going on. But I think a couple of things to follow over the weekend, both fantasy and back chat bets. Before we get there, who's in last place? Yeah, that's what I I wanted to bring up because it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. So it is is one of our own. It is in dead last place. No. the, the team name is Back Cat, so that probably gives away who it is. <laughs> Unfortunately, Cat, last place. In order to get last place, that's a pretty decent effort, to be honest, because there's still a lot of people. Like, no one went zero completely. It's not like someone forgot to set a team. Like, everyone played, and there was someone who was the absolute worst, and that was Cat. So, sorry, wow. Cat. Oh, no. Oh, well, we're going to have to have a chat to Cat and see if we can get her team in order come next yep. week. I'll give her if some you advice. Were- if you were wondering, my second team, apparently, it's certainly not my second team, uh, my wife is in 60th place. So she is beating Excellent. us all by a long, long way with the hot players. Okay? <laughs> so maybe when you're thinking about some players to bring, maybe just bring the hot, hot guys in. All right. Like Ben Brown. Um, give us a bit of a whip around the uh, the AFL. I'm excited that we're in round one. What sort of stuff's been going on this week, Daniel? I've got to ask. So I'm going to just go straight off the bat with this because I'm an Eagles fan. Charlie's a Frio fan, and Frio won this week. Very good win. Gutsy win at the end. Lucky they didn't get a hold call on that last play um, hey, and yeah, saved it. No, I'm joking. Um, no, and that was unreal by Heath Chapman. That we're, was we're, huge. We're pro Game Frio here too. The fact that he saved it from being a draw or, or a goal, incredible. Smart, heads up. Very smart. Um, but then I saw like on social media, like the, uh, already today, Frio fans that I follow on Twitter are already complaining about the coverage of the Eagles. So they get a win. And one of the first things I saw today was someone ragging on Nick Natanui because he didn't lay any tackles. And it's like, <laughs> mate, your team won. You're like the, the like, what do they call it? Like the um, attached ex-girlfriend who can't stop talking about the ex. Like your team won. Focus on your own team. And Frio fans have always been like this. They love I mean- to just like look at the other side. Like, why do you care about the media coverage of, of West Coast? West Coast aren't going to be good this season. Frio are going to be good. Well, we're lucky enough to have a Frio fan, uh, fan sitting amongst our uh, beautiful podcast here at Backchat. Charlie, write a reply. I think you've painted us with a pretty broad brush there. <laughs> yeah, accurate one too. <laughs> Look, uh, here's my explainer for it. I think Frio is often a bit like, you know, it's the, it's the little brother. It's the who's just been a little bit less successful, but now we're on our own two feet, you know. And we're just kind of pointing out that we're just maybe a little bit better these days. No, but it's, it's specifically <laughs> Nick Natanui. Why do Frio fans f- want to always talk about Nick's like shortcomings? Uh, I don't know what I it is, but but I, I want to start something straight on round one. I, we're going to be pro-Frio, pro-West Coast at this podcast. We're a West Australian podcast. Oh. Don't raise your eyebrows at me. Don't make a point <laughs> like that, Dan, and then start throwing those eyebrows around. I'm pro-Frio. I love the, I love the... You don't sound I'm it. Pro you, sound, you sound a bit Just upset. the fans I'm unsure about. I just don't get it. Like, why are you obsessed? 
Play, move on. Your team's good. <laughs> Focus on your yeah. own team. The rivalry. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Very good. Okay. 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 That's enough let's, let's for just, the West. Let's just let's just love each other. Right? Yeah. Let's love, love each, each other. other. I it was almost, a bloody good win by. It was a bloody good win by Freo. It was. It was. Um, something I did love this weekend was Chad Wingard wrapping the long sleeves, and the Hawthorne long sleeves look incredible. They are they, so they, good. And it's they been, look a lot better than the North ones. Yes, you're right. And it's been, I think it's been 17 years since someone's wrapped a, a long sleeve Hawks jumper because <clears throat> um, Alistair Clarkson banned them, would not let them. Yeah. Everyone had to yeah. have the traditional Guernsey. And Sam Mitchell's come along and gone, no, nah, if you want to do it, if, it, if it makes you comfortable, wear it. Yeah, and I'm it glad good. you brought up Sammy Mitchell. I, I'd love to get him on the podcast. I think it's very doable. Um, he is the sort of guy that's he would never wear long sleeves himself, but he he won't be like well because I don't do it you can't do it which a lot of old school coaches were like, uh, the famous Peter Sumich grabbing mm-hmm. someone up against the wall telling him not to wear long sleeves and he's got him up against the wall next to the picture of him playing in a long sleeve in his hundredth game that hangs at the footy club every single day, <laughs> no more coaches are like that anymore, so I think great I mean what did you think about his hair did you see that too yeah that was very good. quite bright. Look, if he's playing well, do what you want. Doesn't matter. He's clearly taken the Sam Mitchell, um, you know, be yourself, fellas, yeah. and he's gone. All right, you watch this. Then I'm Tattoos, dyeing my hair, hair white, and I've got my tats, and I've got my yep. long sleeves, and I'm doing what I like. Yep. I think it's good. What about our, what about our mate Coxie? I was thinking about players we could interview from Collingwood because I think that would be a good podcast if I could do it with enough respect and, and not you know you know throw in a gag every second line about winning the flag in 2018. I think it would be a good podcast. And I think Mason Cox could be the number one guy because he's from America. Yeah. He kind of gets he gets the insight it. model. He kind of gets it. What What's actually going on with him at the moment? What, what, what is his get-up? So uh, early on when the sunglasses debate kicked off, whether or not he was going to get them approved, I was all for it because I'm, yeah. I'm all for like quirks. I love the long sleeves. I don't know if, if guys want to wear bright colored boots, all of that. I get around it because it makes it makes things fun. I didn't realize though that the sunglasses would take effect at night time as well. That's where it, that's where for me it pushes the line a little bit. Like unless unless he has it's something about the brightness of the lights that's that's hurt, like you know that's affecting his vision. Then well, I, I don't be. know. It has to be. It has to be. And and you got to remember that nighttime with the lights is meant to replicate daytime. I know they play with the yellow footy, but. The, the lights are actually meant to be brightness like the daytime. So although it is nighttime outside, if you're playing somewhere like Telstra Dome, it feels like a day game. Right. So potentially the, the sunnies are actually needed more at nighttime. But I looked at it as well. He, like his full get up, we've got to keep – yes. he's, got, he's got shin guards on. He's got yep. socks up. He's got his jumper tucked in. Yep. He's got sunglasses wrap arounds on. He could walk straight down Rockingham Main Street and have a bum bag on and be well at home. Like, he looks like an essay of some description. Just going, what's up, boys? Uh, we need good. tonight. No, it's fine. I, I love it. Like I said, make do weird stuff. Wear a, wear a weird headband. I'm all for it. I know the, um, we've had someone write into you send that we read it, so we'll cover it in just a little bit. But the Tom Morris, Luke Beveridge. Yes. Uh, I mean, that was a big part of the week, right? Yeah. Did you, did yeah, you it see is. it all go down? Yeah. So I didn't watch it live because I think um, I was sort of, I've 
turned off after the game finished, but I didn't, I definitely didn't miss the videos coming out afterwards of Luke Beveridge taking on Tom Morris in the presser. And when it, when I first saw it, I, I loved it. I love drama. So it's good. It's all well, the, it's all the, um, the good off the off field stuff that I love about the game happening right in front of us. So what, do you want to give it like a, well, yeah, I, I, I watched the weekend and I thought, media watch, here we go. Because mm. not only did we have that, but I don't know if you saw it, Caroline Wilson's out here um, shooting arrows, you know, Caro's arrow. She's had a go at West Coast saying that the AFL believes they haven't taken the COVID situation seriously enough. I, I saw it come across social media and I just absolutely laughed my head off. Yep. Uh, clear, clearly, Caro uh, lives in Melbourne. She hasn't had a lot to do with what's going on over here. I don't see how COVID has anything to do with the West Coast injury list right now. They had two players that missed, Liam Ryan uh, and Tim Kelly missed on the weekend with COVID. But there's been a lot of other players around the league that have had COVID and have missed games and missed training sessions. And COVID is kicking off here in Perth, Carroll. Coaches. I don't know if you know that. Coaches are missing games. I text Tom Barris Barris last night, said, mate, want to have a beer for your 100th game. And he denied a beer after his 100th game because they are in the bubble. So I can't see you, mate. We're yep. locked down. So Caro, just so you know, they're taking it very seriously at the West Coast Eagles. That is not why they have 12 of their top 22 missing. They're getting ravaged by injuries. Anyway, that happened. Yes. That was a bit earlier in the week. And then Tommy Morris and Luke Beveridge. Now, there's obviously two parts to this now, but when it yep. first happened, it was just Beveridge v. Morris. Yes. Uh, and we didn't have any additional information. I think you and I both were on the side of probably Luke stepping out of line a fair bit and that I didn't see any issue with what Tom did. Uh, like, you know, maybe maybe it's it sucked for the team and Luke was trying to defend his team, but his approach was a bit, you know, a bit wild. It was a bit wild west. That, that night, I could see both sides. I reckon mm-hmm. they were both in the right, both in the wrong. You know, um, you know, Beveridge is employed by Western Bulldogs and that's his team. He's going to defend them and be angry about Tom Morris's reporting. Tom Morris is, uh, you know, was employed by Fox footy. It's his job to find stories and report them. So they were both right there, but they both overstepped the mark. I think Tom Morris could have done better. Luke Beveridge could have done better. It of course uh, escalated mm. and additional information came through. Before and I think we get we'll to touch, that. Yeah, no, no. We'll touch on that with you, Senate. We read okay. it because it's a great email and I want to touch on. Yep the next element, but just the beverage V Morris. Like, What did you think of um, Tom's uh, performance at the presser? Yeah. Because you don't see journos clap back very often. It was strong. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a difficult one to discuss now that we kind of have more information, but I really, um, he, he, he stood his ground. I thought they were both, to be honest, I really thought they were both within their rights. Like it, like beverage is always going to support them. He would have gone back to the locker room that night and the, and the players would have clapped him into the room. Like he would have been well supported at Western Bulldogs because yep. in the end, he's out there, you know, as the voice for them and someone's, you know, sniffing around trying to get information, which is Tom's job was his job, but you know, beverage is going to come out and, and support his players and they would have absolutely loved it. And just as much Tom Morris, like Fox, Journos I'm sure he would have called from Fox that night and gone well bloody done, mate. Correct. And it turned so, around very quickly in 24 hours. And we'll touch same, on that a little funny, bit later. That same person would have called him 12 hours later. Um, uh, it's not funny. Think, it's and, actually not And funny. we will, what do I, what I think, um, and we'll talk about this after the email, but I think we should always look at these as two separate. Like if we back Tom for a certain reason, 
you don't it doesn't mean you have to back him through everything like there are like these these two things that we're going to talk about are two separate issues yeah i agree so, well played anyways well said yeah now that's our whip around. Anything else to add on the on the weekend of sport? I mean, Willie Willy Rioli's been suspended for a week. I don't agree with that. I think the hit that he laid on Matt Rowell, oh, I know I think, there's mm. I know there's 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 protecting the head. I know we're trying to discourage hits like that, but I, I can't get my head around um, the ability as a player to influence the contest with a physical uh, nature. Uh, Willie Rioli hit their best player. I don't think he got him head high. Well, Matt Rowell played for the rest of the game, no concussion protocol. So it doesn't seem like he did in that sense either. Willie Rioli um, had a huge collision with their best player and for for a decent amount of time changed the momentum and uh, the intensity of the game. Totally. As soon as he did that, tackles started getting laid harder. West Coast kicked a couple of goals and got back in front. And 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 I think we need to be able to see that in our game. I I love that element of. It. I love the gladiatorial nature where it's you know you know person v person and and they go head to head. But I, I understand also you've got to balance it with the head protection as well. But I just would like to not see that leave our game because it's a beautiful thing. One thing that that was sort of interesting because I look I at the time. I was like, oh, that, I, I think they'll probably look at that because I didn't. It didn't like look like he was watching the ball, like he was sort of going for the man. But it was like a. It seemed like a. It seemed like a fair sort of hit. It was a bit high. I didn't know if he hit his head mark, but it was no free kick. No free kick. No either. free kick. And the other thing that I saw didn't see was when when usually a big hit happens. That's like that's not a that's not a good hit. The person's teammates usually go after that guy and you know grab his jumper. And no one even blinked an eye. Like his teammates literally just played on as if nothing had even happened. And so that's for me, I was like, oh, maybe maybe it was a, a fair hit because none of his teammates went after him. And like, you know, because that's what usually would, you would have done that, right? If if, you're, if you yeah. saw a, someone from the opposition team clean up one of your guys in a, you know, bad manner, you would have, you would have gone after him. It does show what an impact uh, the umpire's whistle has, though, because I think if the game stops, then people get angry. But because the game was ongoing, people had to keep going. Willie Rioli actually got it into the next piece of play, and yeah, they scored a he goal on West Coast. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought it was fair, and it was a, it was a, obviously a heavy collision. Um, Matt Rowell's no no uh, he's slouch. an absolute monster. He's a beast, and he played bloody well. He was their best player. He was their leading possession getter for the day, and he probably won them the game. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know. I know where I sit with it. I think I'd like to see it, you know, continue to happen. But clearly, the AFL and the tribunal system don't. So, I guess we're going to get overruled there, Dan. Unless we've got some influence with Gil McLaughlin, do we? I don't. That? I could make a call, but I don't know if we'll go very far. You're just gonna you're gonna hold his number, maybe for another time. We'll have a bit of an interview. Uh, we text stage. back and forth about things not footy related, anyways. Okay, very good. Anything you want to chuck in, Charlie? You enjoy the first week of the year. Oh, it was great, but I also really enjoyed watching the Dockers women's side win their final against North Melbourne. That was great showing. That was probably their best game of the year. Yeah, it was. It reminds me of the Western Bulldogs men's team in 2016. If you remember, they came over here, got spanked by the Dockers. You'd remember that, Charlie? That I do. You didn't make the finals, though, so that was the end of your season. The Western Bulldogs went home for two weeks. There was a bye. And they came back with about six new players in. Oh, actually, no, there was no buy. They came back the next week. They went home, came back, and absolutely spanked West Coast, which you probably enjoyed even more, Charlie, I'm assuming. 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I think the Fremantle women's team is kind of similar. They've had some players out. They had a few back in this week. I think they get a couple more next week if it even happens because at the moment it's postponed because one of the teams, uh, Collingwood, can't play because they don't have any players because of COVID. So maybe Caro, yeah, if we Caro wind back to that, start shooting the arrow back over in Victoria, Caro. What's going on? Maybe you should text Caro. <sighs> Um, if you haven't seen, I will just say this before we get to back chat bets. If you haven't seen uh, Roaming Charlie, I know I mentioned it off the top of the episode. I just thought of a great moment inside it where um, there's a big bearded man that looks a little bit similar to me. It has sparkles all over him. He looks like he's had a great day at the footy. Um, Charlie asks him a question and he just get a big... <sighs> and then bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, was a, yeah, look... <clears throat> There was look. There was a lot of good footage. I went. I went through and um and had a look. And obviously, we couldn't play all of it. It'd go for way too long. So that guy did have some some intel later on, but his initial reaction was all you needed. It told us. It said it all. Mm. Very good. We're going to keep moving, but check that out on social media uh, at backchat double underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can find us over there. Now, big time here. Backchat bets powered by Bluebet. Thank you very much, Bluebet, for your support. We did kind of kick it off last week with the Premiership bets. We had 18 bets on 18 teams to win the Premiership. We put $20 on uh, every team in the competition with people that came to our first and only so far beers with back chat. We drew their names out of the hat. There was more than 18 there, so, so there were some unlucky people there, but one of those 18 lucky, lucky uh, members and our listeners will walk away with free money. So we did kick it off last week, Dan. Who do you think is going to win the premiership? Who do you think is going to win the premiership? I said Bulldogs. That was before week one. I'll stand by that. I still think that's a good good pick. Charlie, who's going to win the premiership? I, I'm thinking Port at this point. I'm liking them. What about the Dockers, mate? Mate, these weathered fans, man. <laughs> look, Dockers have potential, but I don't think, like, I think they'll make the eight, but I don't think they'll do too far in finals this year, if I'm being completely honest. So I want to make it clear what we're going to do with back chat bets, right? So that was our first round, uh, 18 premiership bets. That's good. We'll ride that for the season. But each and every week with uh, back chat bets, powered by Blue Bet, we're going to make a little multi. Now, it might be with the guests that we have on. We're not going to do that this week, but this week it's going to be a, a one leg from me, one leg from Dan, one leg from Charlie. And we're just going to ride at home. It's not about making a lot of money, guys, but I would like to take down Bluebet a little bit. I'd like to just, just, just if we could, look. Many, Drain the account. What's what's the saying? Many, many mountains make it. I don't know. You know if, we, if we all put $5 <laughs> on it, if we, if we all put $5 on it, basically what I'm trying to say, then it creates a big pool of money. We don't all need to go and put $100 on this bet. No. But I think if we just if we just have our little backchat community, just put little $5 dabbles on, um, I think we could take down Bluebet a little bit. Do you like the sound of that? It's about, yeah. yeah, I do. I love it. Because it's about getting together, the camaraderie, yes. the team. We're all yes. in it for one cause, to drain Bluebet's bank account <laughs> when we have some great leg, uh, three-leg multis that we're going to put up. Correct. It's not. It's not about losing your life savings. We don't actually don't no. want to encourage that. But it just just a little bit of fun and a bit of banter. You know, we mm. like a bit of banter here. Fantasy into a, a just a, just a one multi for the weekend. So we're going to kick this off this week. I'll finish it off. Dan, what's your bet to chuck in the multi this week? So Melbourne are taking on Gold Coast. I so see you're going to be in a bet. You're going to bet Melbourne to beat Gold Coast. Come on. No, no, too oh. easy. 
what I am going to do, and this is probably still easy, is I'm going to back my boy, Ben Brown, who started <laughs> off very hot, by the way. Very hot. <laughs> he's, he's going to kick at least two goals. So my leg, two or more goals for Ben Brown. That's wow. me. Oh, look, I gift. mean... That- it's a great bet. I mean, there's no Schofield playing anymore, so um, he's he's not going to be playing on you know the hardest player in the in the competition. But there's no bunny, <laughs> so okay. Ben Brown plus two goals against the Gold Coast Suns. Very yep. good, Dan. Um, Charlie, what are we uh, thinking on your end, mate? Tell tell me it's Frio. You got to get around Frio, mate. It is definitely a Frio bet this good. week. All right, so Frio are taking on Saints on Sunday, and I've got Andy Brayshaw thirty plus disposals. Mm. Very good. I like that I a think, lot. I think it's good. St. Yep. Kilda were absolutely putrid on the weekend. I thought they were yep. the worst team to watch uh, just in front of Essendon. So hopefully he can get a little bit of action in the middle there. I like that. Any Brayshaw into Ben Brown to kick two goals uh, plus. So uh, Brayshaw to have more than 30 touches. My, I'm going to have two legs, okay? Is that sure. okay, guys? You can do what you want. I'll, I'll, make, up for the, I'll make up for no, no guest bet to this week. In respect for the Ryan Davis, Matt Rosa, Keegan Brooksby Cup on the weekend, Gold Coast versus West Coast. Those are the three players that have played for all, all uh, both of those teams. And we do have Ryan Davis coming up on the podcast a little later on. In respect for that, we're going to take at the line West Coast and Gold Coast. So we're going to get a bit of help. Gold Coast, I don't know what the line is right now. It's Monday. We record this on Monday. We don't, we're, not, we're not trying to pretend we don't do that. We record this Monday. Yep. We're going to take West Coast at the line, Gold Coast at the line. West Coast play North, North Melbourne. Gold Coast play Melbourne. So we get a bit of action in the Melbourne Gold Coast game. I'm getting excited about this already, Charlie. Do you are you you, you, you happy with that, mate? Yeah, yeah, very happy. I think it's a good bet. Yeah, we're going to there ride go. it home. We're all going to get together, yeah, and it will be it'll be there on the website, ready. Yeah. for us yeah. to just jump on. You don't have to do anything yeah. special. Jump on and find it. We'll put a link to it. Yep. Uh, just follow us on socials. We'll uh, direct you in the right uh, fashion to do that. And you don't even have to bet, really. If you, we'd love you to, but if you don't want to, it doesn't really matter. Just get around a bit of community, a bit of fun. That's what That's we right. love, the banter. It might give you a reason to watch West Coast v North Melbourne. Yes, or, <laughs> yeah, or Gold Coast v Melbourne, because yeah. that's going to be a bloodbath. You send it. We read it. Yep. Hello. It's time, baby. You send it, we read it. Um, look, I've been a bit critical of your reading over the last couple of weeks, Dan. Just that's fine. You know, just raise the toes. level, mate. Just a little? Okay. I'm not going to go just too high. Okay, let's do it. All right, this is from Dylan Swinburne. Hi, Will and Dan. I'm a West Coast Eagles cheer squad member, a fan of oh. this pod, and most importantly, a Patreon of this pod. Yes, I felt, Dylan. I felt the need to weigh in on the Philado fish issue. <laughs> I love this so much. As I was driving back from the stadium after a valiant loss to Gold Coast... Valiant due to the weird Eagles team that had to play due to injuries and COVID. I stopped at Macca's to get a very easy dinner, as you do. Huge, huge news. See attached the most delicious offering McDonald's have. Yes, it's a large double fillet of fish meal with an additional double fillet of fish. Truly a dinner of champions. (laughs) So what I've talked about with a fillet of fish is just a single patty. That's what I like. But you can double it up. I haven't seen a triple. But you can get the double fillet of fish. So he's not only gone the large double fish fillet of fish meal, which that is a clappable meal. Very good. Sorry, is this a quad fish? Is this what we're seeing here? Has he double doubled? He's double doubled. So he's also got a second burger. Look, did he combine them into one giant burger? Who knows? Probably because he's a genius. 
or he just thought <laughs> after I finished my meal, sometimes you want a little bit of something. I'm just going to have another double fillet of fish. So well done. It- I love it. If you thought Willie Rioli getting suspended for a week was sickening, how does that sound? Quad filet fish That is absolutely putrid stuff there, Dylan. I do appreciate he your patience. He did send a photo with, a, with proof. Like, it's not just him talking. There is a photo of in the bag, and there was two that's double go- fillet fish burgers. That's going up on socials. Good God, Dylan. Get a hold of yourself, mate. We love you, but come on, mate. All right. This is from Tom Swift. And at the end of the email, he says... Not Tom Swift in brackets. So it's oh, from Tom Swift, but gonna, not the Tom Swift. I was going to say the Tom Swift right into the show. <laughs> uh, hi, Will and Dan. Big fan of the show and think you guys are doing a fantastic job. Want to get your thoughts on the Tom Morris leak clips going around. I know he's a friend of the podcast, but some of the stuff he said hit close to home and made me feel sick. I really loved footy as a kid, but when it came to playing on a team, I had to quit after one season because I was getting bullied for being Asian. Looking back, I understand that kids are kids and sometimes aren't old enough to understand. But now hearing the Tom Morris clips, I'm curious whether racism and sexism are still pretty common in the AFL. Um, a new draftee is trained on these issues. And when they arrive at the club, uh, uh, sorry, a new, a new draftee is trained on these issues when they arrive at the club. Um, and any thoughts from Dan, from a media perspective, keep up the great work uh, from Tom Swift. So Not, they, not the Tom not Swift. The I Tom mean, Swift. that... My initial reaction is that's so fucking shit. Like he yes. had to quit because he's getting bullied for being from a, another destination. He's from Asia and people don't like that. And, you know, good, not good on him, but what um, what perspective be able to say, well, kids, you know, don't know better. But the question around discrimination, around racism, I think it's all respecting, really. Um you know, sexism as well, um, as we've probably seen with this Tom Morris incident. I think it's about respecting people and can you show respect for people no matter where they're from, what they look like, man or woman, whatever they are, can you just respect them for who they are? And as footy players, I actually think, look, of course there's going to be incidents and there's going to be off-field indiscretions and there's going to be people outside the norm, but I would say a high majority of players are actually better than the norm in terms of respecting people. I look at my Indigenous teammates, right, if we talk about racism. I look at my Indigenous teammates. I was having this discussion um, with someone last week about racism. And I look and think about Lewis Jetta, Liam Ryan, Willie Rioli, Jermaine Jones, all these guys I've played with, just as those – I just look at them as Liam Ryan and Jermaine Jones and Lewis Jetta, not as my Indigenous teammates. Now, I have to say Indigenous teammates because I guess that's what we've kind of been media trained to do, but they're just my mates. They're just people. Like, I don't look at them as black, white, purple, whatever they are. Um, So you can take that into other areas of discrimination now that, you know, this is where we can talk about the Tom Morris, Luke Beveridge thing. So Beveridge v. Morris on the Wednesday night was crazy. It was like, you know, Whatever that was, battle of the battle of the big heads. Basically, it turned very quickly the next morning. Um, footage and audio started being released about Tom Morris and Luke Beveridge. Um, you know, issued an apology, and then Tom Morris had the recordings come out of, uh, I guess, um, disrespectful words about a female colleague. Now, as footy players, we are taught about respect for women. We are taught about respecting other races. We are talked uh, about respecting people. Uh, what happens in the media, I don't really know, but that's pretty much all it comes down from. Uh, it's not really a complicated issue. 
It's about respecting people, whether that's in private or if that's in public. Now, this became a public matter. It was a private WhatsApp group, but it still had to come out of someone's mouth yep. and it became public. Um, it was disrespectful and rightly so. He's lost his job and he's probably lost his career. So that's not feeling sorry for anyone, but that's what's happened. Um, rightfully so. I don't know. I'm not really the judge on that, but it's about respect. I don't know if you want to add about that. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think you cover it. Um, we, like I sort of said before, you know, we always referred to Tom as a friend of the, the podcast and we respected his work. That was always a thing that you could, that I feel like, you know, Tom could hold up. But yeah, when those sorts of things come out, you know, that's a, if you're disrespecting people, regardless of who they are, then yeah, look, you you obviously have no, no place in, in the industry to be doing that. Um and unfortunately for him, he's yeah. I don't think he'll get another job in the media now. Like that's that's it. Um, and uh, yeah, you got to respect people in, in in private. I mean, for me, it's. I mean, it's it's sort of irrelevant, but it's wild to me that someone that he obviously trusted that he would say these sorts of things to, where he thought it was an environment where he could. Someone has decided to leak this for some reason. Now I don't know if. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's just an interesting part of this that someone who he probably thought was a mate has decided I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out now at this time. I think it was a, a, the timing of it was also quite interesting. Yeah, I mean it's a it, it's a good observation. It is a part of it, but um, you know that's that's what's happened. That is the incident. Mm-hmm. That is uh, something that Tom's done. He's taken uh, uh, full ownership of it, I, I guess. But yeah, with everything, I reckon I've spoken about it with different things. Um, uh, that had happened over the last 12 months. I do try to have a balanced view over it. Now, what he's done and what he said and who he is, that's that's a fact. But it's also, it shouldn't it shouldn't ruin anyone's life either. Um, hopefully we can grow and get better and talk about it and it becomes an issue and, you know, it can actually improve. And that's, you know, us three and anyone else that has anything to do with any of this is, um, it's a deeply personal matter between uh, everyone involved. But, you know, every every part of the world keeps moving as well the world keeps spinning and, and everyone will move on very quickly so hopefully actually discussing it and talking about it and again it's like respect you know respecting everyone involved in it as well i, I hope everyone comes out the end of it and people learn things and get better and are able to move forward that we we don't get stuck on um you know beating beating up on anyone whether that be tom whether that be uh anyone that's involved in everything that's that's happened yeah that's cool as, as, as hard as it was for for tom to deal with all this it's way worse for the the people Correct. that he's that he's affected so um that's probably that's probably that yeah and and to finish on 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 tommy swift's like i, I still feel sick that you had to give up footy because people were discriminating against you mate i think that's not good enough i yep. hope that you're able to find find your love somewhere else if you love the game and you stop playing for i hope you're able to find it somewhere else and um yeah, I'd you'd have my hand and and uh, I'll have a kick with you anytime you want, mate. Well, I actually played with an Asian guy, Kim, at the Kulbini Bombers. He was on the other forward pocket. You know, they always put their best players on the forward pocket. Dynamic <laughs> forward pocket. duo down there, Kim and Dan. Yeah, and he was awesome. But yeah, and there was never. Dan. I just can't even remember that being a, a, a topic of comment. That was probably under twelves, yeah. under thirteens. I can't even remember that being a thing. So that's awful. That is at a point where. Tom had to, um, uh, Tom Swift had to, not the Tom Swift, but Tom Swift had to, to deal with that. So, 
Yep. All right, very good. Let's go to B. Eddie's email. B. Eddie, hey guys, first time ever playing fantasy footy and I'm 100% hooked because of back chat. Well done. Yes, Benny. Boy. I'm an AFL diehard, but this has just elevated my love for the game. It wouldn't have happened without your fantasy comp or without back chat. So glad I decided to join. So fucking glad the footy is back and I'm, and bring on the hunt for those two tickets. That's right. We're giving away two grand final tickets for the winner of our fantasy league, which Ben is a part of, B. Eddie, and he's bloody loving it. Thanks for the email. Charlie, you find where he's coming, please, while we read this next one. Thank you. Dale, uh, big Dale. We love Dale. Yeah, big Dale. Uh, obviously, this will be a major story this week, and, ha- and I have a question. So this is about um, the Tom Morris saga. Yep. In light of Bevo's outburst, the AFL is a business, and information can be game-changing. And I get where Bevo is coming from when he had to trust in his inner circle, which is obviously being broken with information being leaked. Scoey, have you ever read an article and thought, how the hell did that get out? And do clubs do a deep dive into leaks? Um, and also wants to know if you and I uh, will put on beige a beige suit and sunglasses and do a twins photo shoot. We what? can probably do that. Um, I think what? that's from the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and... Uh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. They must do yeah. a... Oh, so you're Danny DeVito. Yeah, let's well, do that. We Great suggestion, that, Dale. But I assume... Yeah, I guess I could be Danny DeVito. You could be Arnie. You're Danny. You're Danny DeVito. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Only because your name's Dan. We could Photoshop that, maybe. But okay. I don't think we're going to uh, invest in the beige suits. So... On the yeah, leakage yeah. stuff. In- yeah, yeah. Information gets out all the time. Everything always gets out. There's very little things that happen in AFLN that don't get out. Uh, am I surprised? No, because there's people whose literal job it is to find out, whether that be a player manager, uh, a family member, a girlfriend, a housemate, a friend of a friend. Everything gets out. It, it seriously does. There's not many things that don't get out. And um, no, I wasn't surprised that that was there. I I'm not surprised when stuff gets out. The club does get annoyed when they have a meeting around team selection or around different issues and they say everything's to stay in this room. But sometimes it's not just the players in there. There's, you know, every coach and sometimes support staff are in there as well. And, you know, it might not be – I would say most of the time it's it's not, you know, trying to cause trouble. Um, it's just, oh, go home, tell your wife, oh, you know, Scoey, Scoey uh, didn't get picked this week. And then the wife tells her friend, oh, gee, Scoville didn't get picked. And then they tell their friend who knows someone else and then it's kind yeah, of gone and out. Yeah, who knows they like footy and they just thought, oh, this would be a good topic yeah. to like, connect with. It happens yeah. a bit. All right, last one. Um, Before we strong. do, oh, yes. let, I've got Ben Ben Eddie's uh, position. So he's got 1781 points from round oh. one. So he's in 127. Yeah, he's with got us. a very similar place you're to me. Us. So I'm three above him, yeah. He's I in reckon, the good area. Yeah. I reckon above 100 is right where we need to be, fellas. I reckon we're just going to make our run nice and you know, yep. smoothly move our way season. through. Very long season. Very good. Yep. Love it, Benny. All right, last one. This is from Luke Van Lith. Okay, hi, Will and Dan and Charlie. Just wondering if you're if you were planning on replying to the Instagram message I sent 29th of September 2018. Every Oof. now and again I check for a reply, but still waiting. Far out, Will. Anyway, keep up the good work of the podcast, guys. So I've got the screenshot here of this message How that do you have... he sent to you on Instagram. How do you have Because he sent it in that? the email. He screenshotted it and oh. sent it in the email. Will, okay. you are a – you're just so big, man. I'm oh, sorry, I was busy. Such a big deal. I was busy, mate. Such a I was big fucking deal. busy. Was that the day after the grand final or was that grand final day? 29th of September. Um, 
not sure what day that was. Charlie, beyond that, please. But I reckon I was pretty fucking busy around then. But, you know, there's no excuse. Yeah, I, you're a big shot now. We, right, we get it. You're a big shot. I try to write back to everyone. I would have had probably 700 messages in my Instagram that night. So, so it's day of. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll get to it. I'll okay. get to it, Luke. I'll read, I'll get do you want me to read the message? Yes. It says, congratulations, you're my favorite player, and it's so great to know whatever happens, you have a premiership medal. Love the podcast and well done. So okay. this is, yeah, obviously during Backchat, a Ridge OG. But okay. we'll get Very back good, to people. Lukey. I'll get in touch. Uh, I hope you've had fun. It's about time we do this. The Ryan Davis Cup was on the weekend. Gold Coast v West Coast. And we are joined by the great man right now. Okay, well, uh, right off the top here, uh, I'm not going to pretend like uh, this hasn't happened. Uh, We are in a different room. This is a different day. We had some slight issues with internet connection. And when I say slight, the man we're about to speak to, Ryan Davis, may well have been uh, operating some sort of dial-up broadband, not broadband, (laughs) dial-up manual analog internet from the 1970s. But we are back. We have him in some sort of conference room now. Ryan Davis joins us. Hello, RD. Thank you, mate. Hello, mate. Yes, thank you. Yes, it's good to be here. Dan, you are. Connection. You didn't want to change your t-shirt, Dan. I've been wearing the same thing for four days, just repping my boy Danny <laughs> Ricardo. No, I actually did the responsible thing and brought a shirt, the same shirt from last night. And you've gone that. No, I'm just gonna wear uh, whatever I want. Yeah, we've just got to do you've what you do. Uh, to be honest, I, I spilt my dinner on it last night and uh, I couldn't wear it. So <laughs> okay, here we are. We are here. Ryan Davis. Now, I know some listeners will know who Ryan Davis is, but if you don't, let me just tell you a little bit about him before we get into it. Grew up in New South Wales, played footy as he, as a Sydney sider uh, for the North Shore Bombers, won a senior premiership as a 17-year-old uh, playing for North Shore. He was drafted by West Coast a year after me, moved into my host family uh, on the West Coast uh, over in Perth. We lived together for a short period of time. And when I say short, I mean short. I spent about a month with the man and I thought, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, Davo stayed at West Coast, uh, played uh, played some years with West Coast, 14 games uh, with the Eagles, was delisted after a period of time, then had a nice little stint on the sidelines. I don't mean nice, but he was a, a while between drinks. We'll get to that stat a little later on. He was then redrafted and picked up by the Gold Coast Suns. He played a further two years with Gold Coast, 21 games. Uh, first kick, first goal in the AFL is one thing I'd like to add to that. In the middle part there, best and fairest for Swan Districts in the Waffle in a premiership year, played in a premiership for the Swan Districts, lost another grand final for Swan Districts. He's won a premiership as a, uh, as a Southport player um, after his career at the Gold Coast. He's... Um, Play. He's coached two premierships uh, the last two seasons for his uh, uh, his women's team in the Southport League. Uh, he's going for a three-peat there, which would be very nicely done from a coach. How have I done, Ryan Davis? Have I missed anything whatsoever? Well, you've embellished slightly and you've missed one or two. But... Shit. Embellished? What have you embellished with? Uh, Andrew Cracker won the uh, the best and fairest in the premiership year. I was absolutely <laughs> woeful in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You did yes. win Ferris, though, with Swan District. I did win, yes. So I won it in 2014, runner-up 2015, and then uh, got, on the, got on the plane to go to play with the Suns. I did I did actually miss a couple of things. Now, I'll read this off. Uh, off um, oh, whoever sent this to me will remain uh, nameless, or we'll call him R. Davis or Ryan <laughs> D. So I had a text message from somebody. Uh, they said, uh, one best and fairest, one runner-up, 
uh, quotation marks. So I'm not sure who's getting quoted here. Most pure match winner in the waffle. That, that's just a statement. <laughs> uh, Simpson medal uh, in WA versus Sandful State game, 25 and 5. Thanks for coming. That was That's word for word. <laughs> Delisted twice. And the stat I'm talking about before, so you're on West Coast list, Gold Coast list, you, play, you, you spent the most amount of days in between AFL games in any one of history outside of the world wars. Is that correct? Yeah. So essentially the planet's got to be at war with itself um, to find someone who's missed more games uh, than RD. So. <laughs> Mate, I, I like, I like, I've, I've known you for a long time, pretty much my whole AFL career. You've been up on the top of my list to interview for this podcast for a long time. One, because I think your footy journey and your story is a great one. It's it's not the Matty Pavlich, uh, multiple Australian captain of one team and one, you know, 300 games. You've had to battle for everything you've got, and I know a lot about it, so I think that side of things as well. But stay tuned. You may well be the most um, story-riddled man I've ever met in my life. So we have some stories to get through for our listeners. Dan, has that given you a good brief of who the man Ryan Davis is? We could probably just end the, the show now. I think I've, I've learned everything. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, you just strap yourself in, buddy, because we've got some stuff to get through. Now, the first, the first question, Davo. Now, I've given you a bit of a rap sheet, which I don't, I don't do with guests. I don't, I don't, don't do that usually. But I've had to give you one. The first question we ask, with no, uh, no prelude whatsoever. Look, you've done a lot of things in football. I just read them all out. That's great. No one cares. Okay, no one really cares. What's the greatest sporting achievement you've ever had? Not on the football field. No, nothing to do with footy. I need your best sporting achievement. My best sporting achievement. Right. <clears throat> I used to play for the Kenthurst Bush Rangers. Right. <laughs> what sport is this? What sport? This is soccer. This is soccer. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows who the Kentworth Bush Rangers are, man. Oh, Kenthurst, mate. We were at Dural Kenthurst Way. Oh, Kenthurst. Um, I oh, was yeah. four. Yeah, obviously the Kenthurst Way. I was four, playing up with my brother, signed so the sixes. Wow. This guy. Playing on me as a defender. Why are you so little, mate? I'm only four. Proceeded to kick 10 goals on him. Straight from the striker position. Chin pads up past me knees. Hand me down. There were no Deodoras back then, but, you know. Wow. Okay, see, that, Dan, that's got to go close to taking the cake, mate. That's as a very four year good. Old. 10 goals Ten as goals. a four-year-old. It was, it was borderline um, abuse what I was doing to these, these guys. but I have, hey, um, I have Dan, a three-and-a-half-year-old. Oh yes. Yeah. What are you going to say? Uh, you're missing a light behind your head, actually. Just um. Oh, this yeah, one. I'm, no, no, no. Straight behind your head. The the big light that lights up the corner of the room. It, it wasn't on last night, so I'm not going to for okay. for consistency. Just for you know, shirt, I'll, yeah. I'll put it on just for ID in a sec. I have a three and a half year old. He's actually turning four in a few months. I can't imagine him kicking ten goals in a soccer game. You must have been like a wonder kid. I was quite the prodigy. Dad Dad booked me in for a couple of brownlows, nice and early, but um, that's. <laughs> Pretty much as far as it went. <laughs> the kids caught up pretty quick with me, and then I changed sports. I was like, I've had enough of this. Okay, so, so what was what was playing footy like in New South Wales? You, you, you grew up in New South Wales. What was that? I can't imagine that's the first pick sport by everyone at school and everyone playing along at home. Oh no, absolutely not. So I we were all rugby union, tennis, cricket, pretty much. The only time I think I was fourteen when I started playing football. Um, yeah. One of the one of my mates from Melbourne moved up, and he was like, "Hey, come down, try that, try this football thing at, at North Shore." And we had a thing called the Paul Kelly Cup back in the day. I don't know if you heard of that. 
Is it similar to the Ryan Davis Cup that was played on the weekend, Gold Coast versus West Coast? It's very, very close to that, but just probably at a lesser standard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just like a schools, schools, inter-schools competition and had a few goes at that and wasn't wasn't horrific. And then uh, Andy Mazes just said, come on down for a couple. And, and that's sort of where the footy, footy kicked off at under 14, just playing down North Shore Bombers and then come back for school, rugby union, and just doing those both things on the weekend. Did you did you go for Sydney? Girl, who did you go for growing up? Yeah, mum's mum's mad Sydney. She was a Paul Kelly, Paul Kelly, Troy, Troy Luff, uh, Stuart Maxfield, Jude Bolton, and uh, of course Schneiderman. Creswell, please. Creswell, the famous kneecap. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So we were Sydney. We had to, we've been members for a, for a very very long time there. Um, so yeah, went to most games as a youth. So how did you get onto an AFL list? Like, again, um, you know, recruitment circles and eyes only go so far. They're not sending blokes out to the North Shore, Shore Bombers to see who plays well in, in those games. I'm telling you that for a fact. How did oh, you, God, no. How did you <laughs> get onto an AFL list? And there's, um, well, before the academies and all that started, there was a thing called the, the scholarship program. So essentially just preludes academies and a small academy in itself. But um, clubs could have their pick of maybe five, seven people from ages 14 to 17 and they could put them on sort of a scholarship program where they had first dibs they gave them I don't know maybe five ten grand whatever it might have been um, to go towards their football and development <clears throat> and they just have a coach appointed by the club um, boots on the ground type stuff and then you just do extra sessions with them and they'd have their scouts floating around um, just dads really um, and so you sort of get picked up there, get followed a few times, and then a couple of guys in your circle started getting picked up and picked up, and then you're like, "Ooh, I could be a could be a chance here." So that's sort of how um, all those academies sort of kicked off in in New South Wales because Sydney Swans and Giants were weren't happy that or the better talent in, in uh, New South Wales were getting sort of pickpocketed by other clubs getting dibs. Was there other guys around the time that went through that program? Yeah, so in my year, I think we had so Craig Bird, Taylor Walker, um, Khan Harituku, James Wilson. It's another one. He's just off the top of my head. But I wow. think we might have had like seven, seven drafted from my from my state 18s year, but then a few of them were fairly um, were all scholarship players as well. So there's a, there's a pretty good crop out of out of that year. Oh seven, oh yeah, seven year. You never so know. You also, get... there could have been someone at a Kent Hurst Rangers game, what you the know, bushies. the bushies early on, and then saw, oh, that's that kid, that's that guy from from twelve years ago that I saw play. There were tabs on it. They did notice the uh, the, the blonde hair going red as the um, as, as the days went on. <laughs> well, that was a quick transition from blonde to red for you. Um, so you, you're talking about blonde hair. You rocked up day one at West Coast. You were drafted by West Coast as a effectively as a rookie. It was through the scholarship program, but you came on as yes. a, as a rookie. You rolled yeah. in with no. you look like Eminem. No, no, it was Billy no. Idol. That was second year. That was when so, I was ahead of myself. Okay, first year. No, first year was. Um, I think I signed the contract before before I'd done like my HSC and all the rest of it. So I was day one over there as a young youngster. Um, I think I popped your finger out first session over there too, did I not? Yeah, I would have been very, very happy about that too. Yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> this kid's living with me. He has no idea how to kick. I couldn't you, kick then. You so. kicked. You, you, you had, uh, throughout my career over 14 years, you were the hardest kick of the footy. You used to kick it like it was going yeah. out of business. You wanted to kick it out of the stadium. 
I just thought it looked cool at the time. <laughs> and it's not because I kept hyperextending my knee, so they had to strap it up and had to adjust the kicking style very quickly. Okay, so of you get floaters aren't good. Do you debut in your first year or your second year? First year. So you so, debut as a rookie in your first yes. year on the Gold Coast against the Kangaroos, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah. So that's a weird little full circle moment. But I sort of um, being from Sydney, I sort of penciled in. I think round fourteen was West Coast v Sydney, and that's the one I was like, I want to play that one. That's what I want to do. And then was like, I think. Put as you good. do as a first-year player coming into the club, just start circling games when you're going to play. I had no idea. I had no idea. It was like, oh, how good's footy? I'll just go over there and, and just play footy because no one was – I mean, the, the standard in, in Sydney wasn't wasn't super and there wasn't too many people going out of there. So I was just like, oh, cool. Way yeah. I go. I want to play Sydney. That'd be cool. See mum and dad and all the rest of it. Um, but then, yeah, I think the first couple of rounds played pretty well off half-back. They thought I was going to play Waffle Reserves for the year and just given it. New South Wales kid to go. Uh, but yeah, debuted round 11 up on uh, the park that's now Metricon. That was just a paddock with like some taco stands around the side. So it was pretty, it's pretty weird coming back here and, and doing that like six, eight years later, pretty much. Yeah. And, and I mean, all that's changed now, they've just put a bit more infrastructure around that. It's still just a paddock with um, Good some paddock. hot dogs there. <laughs> <laughs> great paddock, great drainage still up there, just quietly. The sandy base and all the rest of it. So, so game one, as I said in our intro, your first kick, uh, what's going through your mind? I believe you were playing in the back line. Or were you playing, yes. in, the, you were playing so in the back line? I was in the back line. So I was, well, the first thing that was going through my mind, I was sitting on the bench for 19 minutes. Um, because there was no rotations back then. It's like, oh, I just get the kid on. Um, and just rolled, I don't know, just rolled straight down. Ball came in, just tracked it down, headless chook, and then Adam Selwood flicked one out. 45 degree angle, 50 out. Um, spun spun correctly. There was no wobbly in that football at all, but yeah, one touch, bang, in we went. Um, celebrated like I won the lotto. Bit of carry on, but... And then I think <laughs> I might have had 12 for the rest of the day, but I was... Pretty happy with that one in the end. <laughs> first kick, first goal club. Um, yeah. Dan, you jump in You jump in whenever you like, Daniel. I'm just going to keep rolling through this if you're happy. Yeah, I was going to ask about um, being a Sydney fan <clears throat> early days before we get too much into your career. So 05, 06, mm. especially that sort of battle with West Coast. Did that ever come into your mind at all as you sort of signed up, uh, you know, got listed by a club that had such heated battles with your childhood team? Uh, yeah, well, mum's mad. So she was crying when West Coast won and she was crying when, when Sydney won. So for different reasons, of course. But um, that's kind of why I wanted to circle that Sydney, uh, Sydney West Coast game because I knew that it just sort of meant a lot to our family with what we've supported growing up. And then now we have that West Coast connection. I thought it'd be a pretty nice moment for, for our family to, to sit there and watch the games and the battles that we were so invested in as kids and uh, as fans and then seeing you your boy out there. So that was that was a pretty cool moment, running around the guys that you supported and idolised um, growing up and then lining up against them on the weekend. That's That was that was a pretty cool full circle moment as well. So some stories for, from your West Coast days. Uh, one that's etched into my mind, and I did speak to you before we spoke, and you you say you can't remember this, so this perhaps I'll tell it. Yeah. 
Uh, there was a moment where you came to the footy club a year after me. West Coast are doing a cultural rebuild. They're getting, um, you know, the bad in, uh, the bad out, the good in, and 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 we we spent a lot of time on our trademark away from the footy. We didn't spend much time on playing games of footy, which probably resulted in us winning a wooden spoon in two thousand and ten. But in two thousand and eight, I think it was your first year. We did a session where the player players all split into different groups, um, and we were told to present to the group. Uh, an example of not living trademark behaviours. So, Dan, for an example, um, you know, not not drinking while you're in rehab um, is a is a, is an example of not living trademark behaviour. If you've got a hamstring, don't drink. Just stay at home. Uh, uh, not not you know chasing your man back you know defensively as a midfielder. That you know that would be not being a hard running team. That would be an example. Um, Ryan's group uh, got together and decided that the best example of not living a trademark behaviour would be um, impersonating the senior assistant coach at the time, uh, Peter Sumich. Um, <laughs> wasn't my idea, man. It was not my idea. So, <laughs> I was bullied into this. <laughs> Summer, Suma, about a week prior, had been tearing shreds off people around the club for doing kind of different things that, on reflection, probably didn't have a lot to do with us losing games of footy, like uh, playing table tennis or laughing loudly in the change rooms or I don't know, not, you know, different things like that. And he was ripping shreds off people. So Davo's group said, why don't we just impersonate Summer saying stupid shit to players? And that'll be hilarious. You know, that'll come off really well. So they put Ryan Davis, who's been at the club three months, up the front of the playing group in front of every coach, John Worsfold. Peter Summich is in the room. He's sitting uh, next to me. I'm getting goosebumps. Like, it's not, it's not great. <laughs> Davo gets up in the front of the group, tucks his shirt in, Summer does this, um, does this, this one, and he starts doing that, and boys start going, "Oh no, 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 no!" No, he's not. And you know when when someone gets up the front, and and it's got to be try to be humour, but then it's not funny, and this eerie silence falls oh, across. God, people. I'm well, that's just exactly, about exactly exactly what happened. Every player, every coach, he stood up the front, he reeled out five lines oh. exactly out of Summer's mouth, and then he said. That's exactly why, um, you know, that's that's not living the trademark speaking like that, Summer, and oh. didn't get a clap, didn't get a laugh, Sheesh. didn't get a murmur. Wusha just got back up the front and said, okay, who's in the next group? Who's in the next group? <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember it now? It was, no. it was it's literally burnt into my memory. I, I've only got, because for some reason I was on, that spray that Summer gave, I was on the end of that for like, no reason at all. I was. He was spraying you. Yeah. You were impersonating him spraying you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was Mark Lecrae. I think I had Mark Lecrae in my group. And and if anyone knows Lecca, he's one of the like, blokes who just like stirs and pods and prokes um, in the ribs and whatnot. So it started from Ash Arrowsmith. One of the, one of the other rookies put a cup of water on um, on top of Dean Cox's locker with the doors just slightly ajar. <laughs> And, like the world's first ever prank. Yes. So this is element like pranking 101. And Coxie's, I don't know what he's come back from, tribunal and appearance or what, but Coxie's wearing his club suit, all kitted up, opens a, opens his locker. <laughs> Cup of water comes straight down and someone's in there and like, because we're not going great and then he thought it was one of the younger boys, which it was. So someone's like blown up and called all the first or third year boys into the, into the meeting room. I'm out on the ground like practicing, kicking and something. But his boy's playing table tennis and he's just gone in and just shredded, 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 shredded like everybody. And then like 
got to me. I don't know, you must have had a, a You've come in late. Point. You've come in late from working on your footy. Yeah, working on my craft. I'm trying to do the right thing as a youngster coming from New South Wales, not having a lot of footy background, you know. And he's just rolled in and he's like, you, you don't care about this footy club. You don't care about the jersey on your back. You're rolling around playing. You'll never play for this footy club ever again. I'm like, <laughs> absolute stunned mullet in this room. <laughs> so it's just, and it just storms off. And I was like, oh, my God. And then went out and trained, came back. And the boys were like, oh, geez, how'd you go, mate? Work. You all right? It's like, yeah, no, nah, sticks and stones, sticks and stones. That's all good. Trying to put on a tough face. Inside, I'm like so rattled. Had like no idea. And then I went, like, followed up and went to go speak to somewhere afterwards. And I was like trying to hold back tears. I was like, mate, I don't agree with sort of what you said. I think I care about this footy club and I'm trying. He goes, yeah, yeah, mate, I agree. I agree. And because you're coming here and spoke to me, you'll be playing next week. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this roller coaster of emotions? Oh, jeez, oh, oh, that's very it actually, good. I've actually got my heart rate up just like, yeah, I'm a bit, that's great. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, that's why it's, it's here. I've got sweaty palms. It's like, oh, gee, not a good feeling. Because so, I think I'm, Louis Stevenson did the same thing with Lynchy when Lynchy did that promo with, when he was doing Porsche. like the ad for Porsche. Oh? Hey? Porsche, Porsche, Porsche. Porsche. Yeah, no, he said, that's not a, that's not a Porsche. Yeah. What do they do with the discounts on jerseys? 70 bucks for a replica jersey. Not anymore. Try 50. <laughs> not anymore. The Quinton Lynch, not anymore. What an absolute <laughs> iconic advertisement. Yeah, perfection. So that's what it all came out. So it was a really bad day for the, uh, for the first and third year boys. That, um, that was an average day at the footy club. I do, wanna, early. I, I do want to keep highlighting back to your footy career because as much as we'll hear some funny stories throughout this podcast, you did some amazing things as a player. Like I said, you're one of the hardest kicks, but you're also one of the hardest tacklers. Was that was that a rugby background? I mean, you played AFL growing up, but you, you play rugby as well because you used to you used to tackle harder than, than most. Yeah, I think that was kind of my uh, thing that got me involved with footy or got a look in with some of the uh, the coaches back in Sydney because it, coming from a rugby union background, sort of the whole way from sort of 10 to, to 16, that was what I enjoyed. And having four brothers, five brothers, you've got to kind of be a little bit tougher in general as well. So that's – I did pride myself on, on doing the harder stuff because I wasn't a super runner, which you'll probably hear about later. Um, wasn't a super runner. I wasn't – wasn't terribly skilled early on, but one thing I could control was was that tackling and aggression at the contest. So I thought if I could win or have the footy in my phone box, um, I wouldn't have to run too far after that. <laughs> smart. You're a smart man. Smart. Um, so uh, after a compliment like that, you're one of the hardest tacklers I play with. Talk me through, um, I think it was Adelaide, uh, you're playing. I believe I was emergency. This is another emergency game for me, which is a shock of the earth for people listening along. <laughs> and the best. other reason I remember I was emergency was because I thought, I'm a chance of playing here. We get on the bus. It was in Adelaide, am I right? Yep, Adelaide. We, <laughs> we get on the bus, head count. Every time you get on the bus, Dan, uh, the, the team manager goes through and does a head count. All right, um, 24. There's usually a couple of emergencies. Um, is this from 24. hotel to game? But, yeah, hotel to game. But every time, at the time it was Pete Cerise, uh, players used to try to put him off. 
all the time. Yeah. And so he'd be one, two, and be 17, 140. He's <laughs> <laughs> right. a grown man. Grown man, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, grown man with another grown man. No children around, just just footballers. <laughs> um, anyway, he does the count with people yelling at him. He thinks he gets it right. We drive to the ground. About 10 minutes into the drive um, to a point where we can't turn around. This is when we're playing at Amy Stadium as well, um, yep. not Adelaide Oval in the city. Someone goes, where's Davo? Look around. And with this would happen a bit with the miscounts. And then someone, you know, David would pop his head up and go, oh, here I am. Where's Davo? No, David. David's not on the bus. You take it from here, David. Oh, so uh, where's Davo? What's yeah, happening? So the biggest thing was... Um, You're playing. You're playing this yeah. game. So I'm selected. This is the last round of, of, the, of the home and away season, 2009, I think. And I come down. Come down. Normally when you... You go into the uh, the lobby like fifteen minutes early. There's, there's normally other guys in your lift, so you jump in the lift and like there's no one else there. You're like, hmm, that's weird. Ding. Bit Doors of open. Hmm, that's weird. Just like looking around, there's absolutely no one here. It's getting to the time. I, this is so I call Scully and I was like, "Where are you, bro?" And he's like, "Shut up." So where are you? Said, that's shut right. up. You called me. <laughs> yeah. I called you. You're like, "Shut up, mate." Looking around and then. He was like, you're kidding. And then I think he put me on a pizza race. He's like, mate, you're going to have to get a cab here. Like, we, we can't turn around. We're already going to the game. I was like, oh, my God. I've missed the bus to the game. We're at Amy Stadium. So I go up to the, to the, uh, to the concierge. And I was like, uh, he's, he just looked at me. He goes, they've already gone. I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> can I get a cab? Can you get me a cab? He's like, no dramas. Cab takes like 10, 15 minutes to rock up. Jump in the cab. I'm like, Amy Stadium, mate. Quick as you can. So i like, we're playing. It's um, I've got to play. I've got to get there on time and whatnot. And he goes, "No dramas, mate. Easy as." Takes me to the race course. I don't know where the race course. Like, I don't know how Amy Stadium to race course. So I'm there. And at what point did you realise you were at the race course well, when you got to the race course? I had no. Yeah, because I, you didn't have the phones, but like the tracking, or the tracking was like a the bubble was like this big, and then. I was like, no, I've got to go to the stadium, like Adelaide and, and West Coast to the stadium. He's like, oh, yep, sweet. And then traffic, like traffic everywhere. And then he wouldn't take me in, into the into the ground. I was like, mate, can you go in, into the chain? Like, I need to get out there. And he's like, pretty much drops me off, like, with the spectators, like, with all the fans coming in. I'm, like, bustling through to get in there. Roll in. Roll into the club, uh, into, into the stadium. The boys are like, I've missed the first meeting. They're going on for, like, their on-ground warm-up. Coach is like, don't worry, mate, you'll be fine, no dramas. Go on, throw me boots on, go to run out there. This is when um, what sponsorships, like you had to actually wear sponsored boots and whatnot. So I've run out there and I had ASICs on. So they're like, no, get back here, get back here. I called me back, took me boots off me, put me joggers on, sent me out to drop more like in my joggers. Well, they're colouring in the, uh, the assets <laughs> to make them look like pupils. <laughs> I'm so rounded here. Like, I run back in, put me boots on, out we go. Had a decent first quarter, mind you. Did you? Um, and then uh, back to the tackling thing, a little over over the top. Andrew McLeod is my favourite player by, by country mile. He gets a little loopy one over the top. I'm like, sweet. I'm going to iron him out here. Straight in, head down, put head the wrong side, broken jaw, knocked out. Last game ever played for West Coast. Absolute cluster. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> So that, sitting, oh, man. That, on Andrew McLeod, I didn't realise I was on Andrew McLeod, your favourite player of all time. Yeah, favourite so player. I think he's got. I think I've got him mince meat, dead to rights, and he just I don't know turns a little bit and just hits squarely on his hip. 
there I go, down and out. Could you have a moment? Could you have a moment that you? I, I know you look back on your career with fondness, and you don't regret a lot of things. Could you look back on your career with a better ending to your time at West Coast? Miss the bus, oh, head gosh. to the race course, head to Amy, get your boots coloured in, uh, have a good start to a game, get done in a tackle that you've you know, made your career on against your favourite player of all time, break your jaw, get delisted. How good? Oh, mate, it was just beautiful. I actually, because I tried to come back on, it was like. And they're like, can you play? I had to have a couple of like painkillers and try to run, and then I sat the game out. So I was like, please, I like hope, I hope it's broken because I didn't come back on. It looked horrific if you just cop a little bop on the head and don't come back out. But in terms of rounding out your career at a footy club, I don't think you can get a much, much better ending than that. I mean, some blokes get chaired off, other blokes get carried off. I mean, you can't be too sure with what's going to happen. <laughs> Why? What? What happened at the hotel? Like. Did you get the time wrong? Did someone tell yeah. you the wrong time? Did you sleep? Nah, nah got the time wrong. Oh, so I, you, they give you the itinerary, you take a photo of it and you leave it. And I thought I was 15 minutes early and I was 15 minutes late. And I haven't been late for a team bus since. <laughs> lesson, <laughs> lesson learned. Lesson learned as bad as it was. I remember just playing brick breaker the whole way to the to the, to the race course and then to Amy Stadium. So, oh, um, so you finish up there, you get, well... Well, you don't. You get delisted at the end of the trade period. But um, do you want to speak a bit about the time finishing up with West Coast? I don't know how deep you want to go into yeah. it, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly how you thought it would go. Nah. So I, think, I suppose it's been pretty jovial about the footy career. But I, I, I put in a lot of time and effort. I think I was. I would have been one of the earliest ones on the track and um, maybe just kicking goals. But I, I put a lot of time into my craft and I was getting better and. I think second year blues kicked in, so I played eleven, so eleven games in my first year, and I need three in my second. So there was a little bit of, um, yeah, like I said, second year blues, and then um, I, the penny hadn't dropped for me as what is required to be sort of a, a professional footballer as a whole, instead of like the lifestyle that you're doing and, and throwing all the chips into it, um, and then. I got, because of sort of how I finished with West Coast in the season and all the rest of it, there was a bit of interest from Sydney. Also, I'd been told to come back um, to come back to Sydney, get, get uh, picked up in the draft, coming back. So I was like, how cool would that be, going back home, playing? I wasn't homesick or anything, enjoying my time over there. Um, and then, so West Coast offered me another deal to, to be another rookie. I thought I was better than that. I thought I could get a... A, um, a senior list position with a couple year, couple year deal, and that just shows how immature I was. I wasn't ready for that, um, and they knew that. That's why they only offered me another year on the rookie deal. Um, I thought I was ahead of ahead of myself, and sort of Sydney said apparently that they were keen to take us in the draft. You knock West Coast back, we'll take you. I was like, sweet, no dramas. So I knocked West Coast back, um, thinking I've got the two years coming up at Sydney. Get close to the draft, talk to my manager, how are we looking? He goes, I haven't heard much since. I thought, okay, cool, 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 no worries. Come to the draft, day before the draft, I was like, what's going on um, with Sydney? And then he's like, no, I haven't, uh, haven't heard from him at all. So we're like, oh, God, can we, is that deal still on the table with West Coast? Went back to West Coast. I was like, guys, is that deal still on the table? Can I, can I take that? And they're like, no, nah, we've moved on from you. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, and they went through pre-season drafts. National draft, rookie drafts, and just got overlooked with absolutely everything. Um, and I was like so gutted, just 
the fact that I'd finished my own career based on short-sightedness, a bit of getting ahead of myself. And then, um, and, and then I suppose there's a list that goes out of listed players who are off a list now and looking for a new home. And then my manager said, oh, we'll keep you off that to just as a good show of faith to West Coast as well. But yeah, they didn't want to bar of, uh, of me after sort of that, all that transpired. And like I said, just sort of ended my own career and just, Got turfed out straight, um, straight back into the waffle, which was a yeah, pretty, pretty hard pill to swallow, pretty bitter pill to swallow, which probably took a couple of years really to get around that. Did you um? Did you ever hear from Sydney? Did you management ever? Nah. Yeah. Well. No. Yeah. I have no closure on that. I haven't since that day, since the rookie draft finished. I haven't spoken to that manager. I haven't heard from him. That was just all. Oh, Gold cut, nothing left. What, what would you have done differently on reflection? Oh, 100% would have just signed straight away with, with West Coast. Now, looking back now, I was nowhere near mature enough or good enough to warrant a two-year deal at, a, at another club and, and wanting that game time. You probably listen to yourself a little bit more. Like, yeah, I deserve to be playing. I deserve this. I deserve that. When actual fact, no, you don't. Put your head down. Go to work. Um, and who knows what would have happened with another year under your belt in a good good club, um, good competition and and good facilities as well. Like who knows where my career might have might have gone. I know I spent the best part of my career in the waffle, which I enjoyed. Like that was I had a great time playing playing waffle footy, but it's I think if I didn't get drafted again or if I didn't get picked up again, I would have probably been dealing with this when I'm forty, but lucky I did, so I've got I'm content and proud with my football career uh, to date, but at the time I was, yeah, nah. It took me, I don't know, four, five, six years to actually come to terms and be proud of what I've done instead of thinking what I've missed out on. What's the mentality of a, a player like, and I mean, both of you could probably answer this, of being on a rookie contract? Is there, does that weigh heavy on people if it's like, man, I'm only getting the, the rookie contract? Is that something that I don't know that you've noticed affecting people? Let, let me let me just start. So yeah. the, the difference between a rookie and a and a draftee, like a rookie is less than a you know, I was drafted in the fourth round of the I, I would have been on I don't know, double the amount of rookie. A rookie wage is back then, yeah. Back then it was no. thirty two and a half grand. So two thousand eight you got paid thirty two and a half grand. Which, which is, is just, nuts. Yeah, unbelievable. And, well, it's also and the financial you, element. You you didn't yes. exactly you didn't exactly, you know, screw all your money away and save it all, did you? <laughs> I bought a lot of DVDs for no, and shapes and French onion dip. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, do you uh, yeah, I guess speaking about what you do differently, do you, um, yeah, no, you, you've, you've answered with it. You don't, you don't regret it. Uh, it's just something that's happened now. Is that how you yeah, look at it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, could you change it? Cool. Yeah, sweet. But I don't, like you said, I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not begrudged, or I'm not like dirty on myself for the way things turned out. Like, because there's a lot of lot of understanding, and realization that goes on. Like, the older I got and how I dealt with those situations and and coming up to new situations, I can handle them a lot better than than what I did. Like, don't believe the hype type stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> you, you you've also I know you know, but you've got to you know listeners going to be aware. You were a young young man then. You were mm. 20, 20 years old, nineteen years old. So 
it's not something you've ever dealt with either. So, I mean, you're going to take that into account as well. Like staying with your footy career then. So you go back to the Waffle, you play with Swan Districts. You win a premiership in 2010. Yeah. Um, who did you play with that year? You had a pretty good team. Oh, we had an outstanding team. The great man that first came off the rank, Andrew Cracker. Unbelievable. That was a cracker show. Front row seats the whole time. Um, Josh Roberts, talent home stalwarts of the uh, Waffle Comp. Matty Rigo. Did you play in that game or not? Nah, oh. 08. 08, we, yeah. were, we were stacked. It was like Chris Yaron, Jeff Garlett, Nick Nat, um, Walt- Michael Walters. Yeah. yeah, A lot of West Coast and 3O boys in that one. Um, yeah, 08, we were stacked and young. 2010, we're a little bit older, a little bit more. Um, Clancy Pierce was still there. Um, yeah, I didn't have a very good year, 2010. Like, again, probably Scully, you can't really attest to this because you, you played most of uh, most of your career. But I think when you're delisted, like your first year off an AFL list is is really like a searching kind of thing. Like you, when you don't have the – you're not getting policed every minute of every day. You don't have to be completely professional. And it's like really hard to adjust to what's required and what you can get away with. And I think first year off a list for, for a lot of guys, it's, it's a real pitfall. Uh, in terms of performance and off-field stuff because you have so much freedom that you haven't had before and you're still sort of lauded as like one of the good ones um, where you can sort of get away with it a little bit more. Well, I felt I could, um, which wasn't great. But, um, but I mean, mate, if I can respond to that, like mm. to be honest, it hasn't been really that much different for me. Like finishing my career and coming to Peel, like I was a senior guy playing the waffle last year. Now I know I was older and probably passed my use by date more than, more so than you were, but it was the same feeling. You've lived this life under structure and I've mm. spoken about it a little bit. Is It's a bloody hard year because you, you've – You've spent a good, yeah. I don't think it was any harder for me because you know, obviously, I had a great, great career and great yeah. opportunities. But I also was in the system for longer, so my my whole lifestyle and brain and mind is just wired to this week on week performance. And this is what you got to do to win, and winning's important. And then you're out, and it's like, what the fuck am I doing out here? I don't know what's going on. So I can relate. I, I think pretty much everything you just said was my first year out, which is only last year. Mm. Yeah, it's. 100%. It's super tough to deal with unless you've got the, the right things around it and your motivations change like like immediately. So yeah, 2010, I was working in a in a sports shop <clears throat> playing footy. I think it did my ankle pretty bad, like round 12, like eight-week angle. Um, and I, I was average, so I wasn't doing the training required. I wasn't, because they're like, oh yeah, he's a former player. Like, yeah, he'll be right. He knows what it, what it takes to get his body right. Like, I don't. I'm 20. I'm straight from straight over from Sydney. I've got no idea, and then got back for for a prelim and a um, and a granny. I think I had like 18 jabs in my ankle, like during the week of the granny, just to prove I could play. And had a good had a good prelim, and then did my ankle again, like half time, just before half time in the in the granny. So I was one leg dragging my tail around for uh, for the second half of that one, but 100 199. Played Claremont five times that year, two wins, two losses, and a, and a draw. So it was like an unbelievable, unbelievable grand final. Lead changed like six times, seven times in the last quarter, and then you win by and, a point. You won by a point. We win by a point. I think Cracks had forty-five and and four. Steve Nicolier had sixteen and four as a sixteen-year-old in his like third game for the year. Wow. Um, Ash Hansen kicked a couple. Red kicked a couple. Wow. Timmy Gapen kicked three in the second half. Like it's just. Just so much going on. Like Trav Castley was there, he shut out Brabbers on their best player, and then well, he had a couple extra suitor fed apparently, and he got done for four years. So there's so much around that like grand final with um, 
with the com with the commentary, the the wins, the losses, the highs and the lows. So that was a good yeah, year. That's great. Um, okay, so you play with Swan Districts for five or six years, five years, six. Six so years. 2011 was probably my real down year where I wasn't a very good human being, I, I wouldn't have thought. So, I mean, I, w I won't go into any real detail other than I, I, I sort of had lost, um, not lost, but I mean, you, yeah, you were doing yeah, your, lost, yeah. 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 We, we, We'd lost connection a bit because, you know, I'm in a professional you know, environment and, and you're out in the real world doing your thing. So I came around one day to, um, to just see what was going on and you this were living in you were living in squalor. You were mate, living in squalor. Mate. It was a good house in city. It was a it was the worst house on the street, but it were in city beach. Yeah, and put this, no city beach. It's beautiful. beautiful to put this in world. perspective, Dan, I rock up. Never been to this house before. The grass is up to my waist as I walk through the front, front <laughs> Don't garden. Don't go into the long grass. <laughs> there's there's three blow up pools out the back, all green with algae. Um, there's boy. seven lawnmowers lying out the back with the grass still uncut at the front. Oh, behave yourself. Um, you got no furniture in the living room. There's a TV up on a milk crate. There's no mattress in his bedroom. Oh, mate, you're a young guy. Okay. Get out no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going. I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm overdoing it. That, no, the, we had no grass. Thing, it was all dirt. But anyway, the thing that I did, the thing that I did enjoy was you used a spoon to open your door because the lock had broken, and you had a spoon underneath the oh, underneath the front doormat that you needed to jimmy your own door open. I forgot about that. So that that <laughs> moment there, all spoony. I mean, say, say if I'm wrong, Dave. Back on the serious things, I pretty much texted you that day and I said, "Hey, mate, um, we got a spare room in our house. You come to live, live with me." Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Right. So things were yeah. So things weren't going great for me. I'd, Swan districts because I was, I wasn't being a, a good teammate or, or anything. I was being pretty selfish in that in that regard, and um, I was sort of getting to the end of my tether with, with footy and being a whipping boy, as, as so to speak. And then Scully was when he did come around, he's like, "Mate, this is fine. You're coming in with me. Let's go." And I was like, "Yeah, fair enough." So, pretty much just packed your shit up, yeah, pulled you into my house within a week or so, and um. I reckon, I reckon pretty early on with you, me, you living with me, I was like, let's, let's, you, you got to give AFL another crap. You, you, you're good enough to be on a list. Yeah. So I think that's what sort of put me in a, not trying as much. Because a lot of people, when I first got the flick uh, from West Coast, they're like, oh, mate, you shouldn't be here. That's so stiff. And then you start believing it. Like, oh, you shouldn't be at this level. You're too good for this level. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I am. And then you, I, I cut corners there. But, they, the first, the best thing that they did was Swan District said to me um, just after I'd moved in or just before I moved in with Scoys was you need to need to get a job, otherwise we're not going to play it. So the contract from Swan Districts was pretty good that I didn't need to work, which wasn't great. A lot of spare time, 20 years old on the coast. Um, so I started my plumbing apprenticeship and then went in with Scoys and it's like, mate, we've actually got, a, got another chance here. Like you're still young, you can still give it a crack and... From there, I think we were, where were we? Leadable first? Yeah, Leedy first, and then we moved to Mount, uh, Mount Lawley. Clarence Street. Beautiful spot. house, Clarence mm, Street. Mm. And yeah, and you had a, you had a ripping season. The, the year that you got drafted, you had an absolute ripping season because your life was on track. You were working. Yeah. Um, you were, you know, we were so still it was a, having it was drinks. Still, yeah, we were still drinking. We are still going. It was a slow build more so from 2011 was poor. 2012, me and me, and me partner in crime, we said, we're sick of being the whipping boys. Let's uh, let's sort it out. Um, we don't want to be a, a, a handbrake on this footy club or ourselves. So we turned that around. That's the same time we moved in with Scully. 
Um, we split ourselves up a bit and then put in good year, top sort of, uh, top sort of seven. Next year, won a BNF. Next year, come second. A um, little you bit of interest high, coming around. High, high in the sand over at some stage in there, weren't you? Yeah, snuck in fifth, I think, off the, uh, off the back of that year. Um, and that was – and I, I was sending – like I was cutting up vision. I was getting a little bit of interest from some other clubs, but because sort of of what 20, 2010 and twenty eleven looked like for me, off field and on field, it wasn't wasn't super. So I had to put in a good four years of of solid football to show that I I sort of cleaned the act up, was committed, and, and that. And I was sending I was sending every for probably three years straight. I'd saw I cut up highlight vision and sent it to, sent emails to every footy recruiter, every club for about three years running. So I was like, I want to get back on. I think I'm doing enough to do it. And then um, it's not our demographic, a little bit older, a little bit slow. But then finally, um, that, that last year was a really, really good year for me. I think the Suns were over watching the, the state game where I – what did that text message say from that random supporter? Um, five and 25. Um, mi- no Mr. Deal. Davis, it said, thanks for coming, 25 and 5. Sorry, yeah. So that, that fan <laughs> there right in, yeah, sent that in. Got the Simpson medal, that one, and they were over there. So it was – from that one, I started a good communication line of um, of getting back into the into the system. Right. Exciting. Okay. So I think we've built the story here, Dan. So um, starts oh. off, gets drafted. You know, New South Wales, <laughs> West Coast, delisted. Um, <laughs> uh, six years off a list. Uh, finally gets his opportunity. Gold Coast. The interest is perked, but they're certainly they're not all the way in. They, they, they've heard the rumours. Um, not the best runner. Um, has his weaknesses uh, as well as some great strengths. But sometimes when they're recruiting, they worry about those weaknesses. And Davo's weakness is the ability to run. I which... don't look at the GPS, mate. You shouldn't look at the GPS. It sometimes yeah, isn't right. That's it's correct. Right. So it comes quite close to uh, draft time. I believe Matt Rosa was at the Gold Coast at this stage. That's nah, teammate so... of ours. Yeah, was, he did get the, the when he was traded. It was at your wedding in Hawaii, actually, when he got the yeah, message. Twenty fifteen, um, Matt Rosa got traded at my wedding in Hawaii, and we were there with a whole bunch of West Coast <laughs> players, including Davo. Anyway, that's a story for another time. Oh, I'm just setting this up here. Sorry. So, Gold Coast say, right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna draft you, but you need before we draft you to show us that you can run. Like you can't be on an AFL list if you can't run a two k time trial. Under seven minutes. Se- seven minutes, you've got to break seven. You show us you can break seven and you've got a spot. That, 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 that was the conversation, wasn't it? That was it. it, was, it was, they go, Dave, what's the best time? What's the best 2K you've run? And I was like, oh, 6.45. <laughs> never run a 6.45. Never run remotely close to a 6.45. <laughs> and, then, and then they were like, well, if you can run that through the draft, we'll take you. And then Rocket was like, no, no, no. Don't need you that fit, mate. If you can go sub seven, we'll take you. And I was like, Easy. No dramas, boys. Take it easy. Rocket so, Aid. Rocket Aid. Aid. Rodney yeah. Rocket Aid was your coach of the Gold Coast. So, so we know how this we know how this story ends. You play for the Gold Coast. Mm. But not many people know how you get onto that list. So seven Pure. minute two K. Okay. Sport. Again, you and I get together and we go, all right, we're gonna come up with a program. We're gonna gonna get you to a seven minute two K and get you back onto a list. What this would have you been running at the time? Oh. <clears throat> Davo? Seven Oh, no, nah. you need to be honest on this podcast. Right. Pure honesty, I finished my apprenticeship. I had six weeks before the draft. I was like, I'm going to train my guts out for six weeks. And then it was like sort of 740s to start and then straining for a bit. 
got it down to like seven twenties. I was just running seven twenties. I think you boys were on Mad Week or something. Maybe, yep. Maybe, and I was like, Scully, can you can you run this for us? He's like, No, nah, mate. Like they were they were hungover. I was like, Jamie Cripps. I was like, Mate, can you can you can you run this? Because because Gold Coast had asked for a log. They wanted a yes. they wanted a, a distance log. Send it over. We obviously can't get over to you know. It's a couple of days before the draft here. Mm. Just send us your time and you know proof that you've done it. So it's like an app, like sort of like a Strava thing. And I was like, yeah, easy as. And they were saying like you can uh, you can run. Oh, you run the first K, and I'll run the second K. I was like, mate, that ain't working. So the day before the draft, I go to try and do a couple of two Ks and just like seven twenty. You're like a couple, few days later, seven twenty. And the day before, when I have to get it in, they're like, David, yeah, do it on this app, send it through. So we lived on a park at Leadable. Um, so I jumped out the back. You're leaving. You're, you're leaving a part out. We went to an athletics track oh, yeah. the day before this. <laughs> we went to an athletics track the day before this. I've given Davo splits to run. I've given him these are the splits you need to hit on your four hundreds. You know, you know, I'm oh, I'm a runner, Dan. You know, I'm a runner. Peter Ball yeah. knows I'm a runner. Sure. Oh, BT loves that you're a runner. The 800 no. meter runner from Geelong. So I'm down there with my stopwatch, going, okay, I'm going to give you your splits. Davo takes off. He's going to do it. First lap, he's three seconds ahead of his split time. He's going to do it. Second lap, he's eight seconds in front of the 2K time. He's coming down the back straight, so just coming up to a K to go. And I'm, I'm going, I can't believe it. He's going to absolutely do it here. He just stops. He, he's, he's halfway down the back straight and just stops and walks and then just walks across the oval. And I'm standing there going, what the fuck are you doing? The draft is fucking tomorrow, mate. We can't redo this. Comes over and he's like, oh, mate, I, feel, I was feeling pretty good, but I was just so fucking far behind. I, I, I didn't think I'd be able to make it up. And I'm like, oh, no. mate. You were fucking 10 seconds in front of where you needed to be. Davo, uh, shock if you've heard the first story, mistook the times. <laughs> and we had to cancel it. So we had no time. So with a day to go before the draft, uh, we'd said this was the day we, gonna, we had no time. Yeah. That's why you ended up on the park at the back of our house in yeah. Leadable. And if, if you know Scoey, he's the angriest man in history with a shorter fuse. He was like roping like, what the fuck are you doing, mate? Like, Mate, it was six years of your life. It was something for me to hang my hat on. I'd change someone's life around and you're fucking walking around on the back straight. Uh, Roval. So anyway, yeah, running around in like, I don't know, uncut, ankle high, dewy grass. I get out there. I try and run it it again. Hit a 720. I was like, so I walk back in the house. Scully's sitting on the couch like, watching telly. How'd you go, mate? Look at him. Just keep walking straight through out the front into the garage. Pick up his giant, the push bike, walk it back, walk it back through the living room. He looks at me. I look at him. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. <laughs> we were to push you out to the out to the back park. Do a two cow. It was like seven or oh, like what was it seven oh five? And I was like, ah, it's got to be under. It's got to be under seven minutes. Next one's like six forty five. I was like, ah, oh, that's too quick. They won't. They won't believe that. Next one come around. To be third two car on the push bike, six fifty seven. You beauty, take a selfie, send it off to Dom Ambrosio. Sorry, brother. Um, send it off to the boys the next day. It's like, Ryan Davis, West Coast, Gold Coast Suns, pick twenty eight in the rookie draft or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but three days later, we had our two car up on the up on the coast, and just what do you reckon I ran? Seven twenty. <laughs> <laughs> The humidity, boys. The humidity got me. That's different. <laughs> it's a thick oh. air. WA's a dry air. Oh, so you God. get you get drafted off the back of uh, doing a 2K time trial on a giant bike. I have you know. Ta- it wasn't like a geared bike. So it was just 
you know, it was a fixed, it was a fixie. Yeah, it was a fixie, it was a... yeah. So it was actually hard to do that on the grass, like because <laughs> grass was thick. So they take you, they take you at your honest word and draft you. Three days later, you do an actual two time trial, time trial at the at the club. But they can't yeah. take back the honour, and you do. I reckon you did worse than a seven twenty. Nah, I, I clocked in a seven. I, no, I thought I was ahead of the time once again, but seven twenty. I was like, that's sweet. Happy with that. <laughs> You're right. No, I had plenty left. Plenty. Do left. they know that? Is that is this the first time they would have heard that, that that's actually what happened? I reckon there would have been a couple of leaks somewhere. Some of the uh, the older the older gents who've since left, like Solly and Maddie Primus and and those kind of boys, I reckon they would have they know. You know me, Will. I like to stick to the rules. Um, so hearing that yeah. story, you know, no, nah, I'm I'm actually quite okay with it because you, you know if you know, like twenty seconds can't define someone's career. Like you can't, I don't know. Twenty seconds seems arbitrary for for running that sort of distance. So I'm you're okay on my it. side of yeah, you're on my side of things. I, I look at the uh, the GPS and say, or coaches might say, you're running 200 meters shorter than everyone else. You're putting too much load on the other players to cover you and to cover your players. And you're like, it's 50 meters a quarter, mate. It's just running to the bench, like. But that's that's <laughs> how um, scientific and how stringent they get on those types of things. Which uh, sometimes you got to be if it's between a bloke who's running seven minutes or a bloke who's running 7:20, same skill set. You're taking seven minutes. I mean, they surely don't look back with regret. You played, um, you played twenty-one games for them, so it wasn't like you got there and you were a complete failure and you couldn't play games of footy. Like you played for them. Yeah, no, I thought I had my first year. I thought I had a pretty good year. All the I went as a small forward, so all my all the metrics, the RFIs, all the KPIs, sorry, were. I mean, I think I was leading inside forward fifty tackles, inside forward fifty ground balls, top five scores or top five goals. So I think, yeah, I thought I did a, did enough. So while you're at Gold Coast, uh, Rocket Eid was your coach, uh, yeah. Rodney Rocket Eid. So he's notoriously been very big on sprays. Uh, what's that? Fa- what's that famous one? Uh, it was like a leak. Will get off the ground, Will. Will Vincent. <laughs> Will Vincent. That's right. So he's notoriously a big spray. What, what was it like playing under Rocket Eid at Gold Coast? Um, <clears throat> I didn't get a, a great deal from him, although. When I did, I did touch with this, touch on you, touch on this with you earlier, Scoey. We, uh, our first game back in WA, I was playing. We we're playing West Coast. It was, that was a big full circle moment. I get to see all the boys I was playing with, and sort of saw my journey from being a grub and, and then being coming back onto a list. And we ended up getting done by I'm not too sure what, but David kicked a couple of goals. No big deal again, um, and we got done. So final sign goes. Rat Subiaco. I start saying, you know, to the, the past players, the West Coast boys, hugging it out, going, yeah, yeah, we're catching up. And then I turn to walk off the race, off down to our, our change rooms and start looking around. There's none of the boys there. I was like, where are they? <laughs> like, looking down Subiaco over like 175 metres down the other end of the ground, the big hump in it, so you can only see like waist up. See all the boys down there applauding the, uh, the, the, uh, the WA Suns fans. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what a crowd. And I couldn't, I couldn't walk all the way down there and I like, walk all the way back. So I was like, Jeez, so I just sort of like... You weren't going to run it. No, nah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so I've like gone, sort of gone into the change rooms and and then everyone was sort of in the, in the rooms at that stage and and then Rocket was like, are we waiting on anyone? No, nah, we've got one more coming. Oh, it's probably that fucking West Coast lover. Where is that West Coast lover? And I was like... <laughs> West Coast lover. <laughs> I was like shrinking at the back of the room. He's like, oh, in there, mate. Hugging him. Kissing them. You miss them, did you, mate? I was like, oh, man. 
What have I done? It was just such a poor look. Like when I turned around and there was no one around me, I was like, oh, what do I do this to myself? That's but anyway. um, <clears throat> when you moved back over to play with the Gold Coast, you obviously didn't have anywhere to live. Um, yeah. And you were a rookie. So did the club put you up at a, at a house? So I was living with uh, Matty Rosa. Um, yeah. At, for, for the first pre-Christy phase. And then then he kicked me out. So his his family was coming up for like a week holiday. So he's like, how'd you get? We need the room. I was like, no worries, mate. Christy break. I was like, I'll find something. I'll find somewhere to live. Um, and I couldn't find anywhere. Like, couldn't find anywhere to move into, anywhere to live. Um, so I was like, I'll just book an Airbnb when I get back. And so I've seen this nice Airbnb, 500 a week. I said, I'll just get that for a month. It's a little two-bedroom apartment in, in Varsity, pretty close to the club. Bang, book it, get over there, go to get all my stuff and texting the, the owner, okay, where can I pick up the keys and, and whatnot? And he's like, no, no dramas, mate. I'll, um, I'll come and get you. I'll show you up. And I was like, oh, cool. Just show me around. Hospitable? A, yeah, hospitable. Show me around a, a two-bedroom apartment. Like, you pay extra don't know for what's that. going on. Um, I was about to pay extra, that's for sure. Uh <laughs> So he walks me up to the front door, and this is the first. This is the first big, real red flag for me. There was just like a host of shoes at the front door, and I was like, "Oh no, what's happened here?" So I walked in. He's opened the door. In there, there's his wife, his two little kids. Going, "Hey, welcome! We're so happy to have you staying with us." I was like, "Well, what?" So I've prepaid a month in advance as a rookie. Not great. So, <laughs> so there's two bedroom apartment with four four of them, and then and then me. So they're all sleeping in the master bed. I've got my bedroom, and then like just the normal normal shared bathroom in the middle. <laughs> shared everything. These kids had just come over from. Um, I'm not too sure where they came over from, but uh, some somewhere in Southeast Asia, or, or maybe Indonesia or something rather. And they're on holidays, so I've got them all pre-season and. Uh, and they, the parents told them they couldn't play any games until they practiced their English with me. So and after full day training, flat stick, coming home, I'll have these two young fellas, Trent and oh, Trent and Ethan, were their were their names, and they'd sit there and just practice English with me. And I'm sitting there like fried, like out of my brain, just with the train and the heat. Just these little kids just asking me, asking me all these questions. I'm sitting there trying to, like the head's going like a newborn baby type stuff, but. The first, yeah, so the first week was all right. It was like fun, you know, cooking cooking on the camping stove on the um, on the balcony and whatnot. It's like oh, this is nice. And then next two, three, four weeks, it's just like oh my god. But I did have a lot of fun with it. It was it was a nice little uh, introduction. So you were a living nanny and English teacher for the first four weeks at the Gold Coast. Yeah, they're gonna have the most ocker kids, man. They're like go to school. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> so what did you not realize you'd booked like a a share, not like a private? Yeah. Yeah, so when I went, I went it's back not surprising, Airbnb, honestly. From does that surprise you, Dan? Does no. that surprise? <laughs> that was the feedback. It's like, of course, you would do this. Only you would do this. So I looked back into the web page and it was like, single room, sick, good on your day, mate. Well, blood. Five hundred a week as well. That's stiff. I know. So I thought I was getting my own joint, but no. Nah. So the boys would call me Airbnb or Airbnb. <laughs> 
What um, where do you sit on? I'm trying to do a bit of light and shade here. Where do you sit on mature age recruits? So you get picked <coughs> up as a mature age recruit to Gold Coast. Um, we're starting to see a bit more action in that space in the AFL now. Should we be seeing more of it? Do you think guys that go and play in the state leagues and get experience and Absolutely. bigger bodies and play against men should be on lists more? Absolutely. I think um, <coughs> trailblazer like myself coming back at 26. I think there are there's so much quality talent who get overlooked at that 18, 19, 20 mark and then sort of go, oh, nah, the upside of an 18-year-old with that unknown potential is much better than, than proven players. There is a stack of quality state league, Waffle, VFL, um, Sandful players that are just getting overlooked, overlooked. When, you know, they're the guys that produce like week in, week out, year in, year out. Um, so... That's why I think this sort of this COVID supplementary list could be a really good opportunity for, for those guys. If you know, if teams do go down, they've got a great opportunity for, for state league players who might not have got a look in to actually sort of kickstart their footy careers or, or be exposed to that kind of stuff, whereas they might not have um, if COVID sort of hadn't hadn't reared its head. Um, that's a good point. Um, to finish off your sort of footy story, you move back to the Gold Coast. You play footy with Southport. You win a, another premiership with them. No yeah, best and fairest. Medals, yeah, two medals that day actually as well. What was the second one, mate? I, just the uh, Andrew Island. Andrew Island medal, the best on ground medal. That's what they give out. Sorry, I must have missed that from the fan earlier on. So your best on ground in the grand final. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, Southport both, premiership. Yeah, five medals from three grand finals. <laughs> Very good. Well done. And now, now you're a coach, which yes. which I think uh, we've had some laughs along in this podcast. I think some people that don't know you as well as I would, would have been surprised to hear you were coaching footy to start with, to be honest. But yep. I know you well, and I think it's actually really well built for you. So who are you coaching? What's your record been like? And tell us a bit about that. Um, so firstly, coming off Gold Coast list, um, well, the the, the NEFL coach, Stephen Daniels, he came across to Southport as well and there was a position there for me as sort of a, a backline assistant coach. So immediately I was coaching them, trying to teach them. Pretty much from like 2013, 2014, I adopted a more not me sort of we and looked after the younger guys um, at the footy club. So coaching started for me officially 2018. Um, 2019... Again, sort of coaching, learning. We had Matty Primus, Stephen Daniels, um, and Matt Lappin in the coaching box. And so those those guys are some pretty good football heads and I was able to sort of learn and, and apply my craft a little bit with those guys. Um, and then in 2020, the opportunity arose for the football club to um, get a women's program in an open seniors women's program in. And so I jumped at the opportunity to be able to coach my own side. Um, and then from... 2020, able to build a list. We had 11 players at our first um, our first training session. Built a list, built a good program. Um, first year in the league, went on to win the uh, the premiership um, that year. Yeah. Huge. Uh, I think we only lost uh, lost one game, lost the opening round in that in that season. Wow. First, first game as a coach. Yeah, we're up by three <clears> goals at <throat> three quarter time as well, and that's a decent margin in women's football. And, and it wasn't yeah, it wasn't a great finish. They finished with a flurry. So the team had beat us round one. We beat in the grand final. So that was pretty nice. So you, so you win a premiership your first year. So it's 2020, yep. 2021. 2021, we coach the same team. Again, we uh, have largely the same list. Um, and then we go back to back. So it's another really strong year from, from the ladies. Um, 
got a few got a few new players in, but it was pretty much the same list. And we were able to build on on the structure, on the game plan, and, and go again. Um, again, only dropping one dropping one uh, one loss. Wow! And so from there, we got elevated into the quaffle. So this season now, we got elevated into the quaffle um, into the state league. So all the AFLW players come back when they do. Um, and we've, done, we've only had a couple of practice matches so far, but signs are looking okay. We've built a really good list again from from state players across the league and um, former AFLW players coming in. And you know, we start next weekend against uh, Yoronga. But that's. Do you have aspirations to coach at AFL level? Yes. Yeah, that is that is the end goal for me. I'd like to go into the AFLW system. Um, I think oh, I love football. I'm a student of the game. Um, I watch as much as I can. I know as I keep learning as much as I can, and and I think the good thing with with the women's side of things is there's so much development, so much, so many things to learn, and so many layers to add that it's really hands on, and that's part of the coaching that I, I really like um, because there's a thirst for knowledge and the margin for improvement is a lot greater. Um, so you can see some real inroads like extremely quickly, and you can see the see the results too. Now we're going to get to social media now, Dave. I know you, you know exactly what this is. This is where the fans get to ask you the questions. Now, social media, one of the greatest segments of all time in the podcasting land, is now powered by Cameo. That is right. We're going to have to get you signed up to Cameo, Davo, because I know there's some people over on the Gold Coast that like a message from Davo. It's a place where you can get your celebrities and stars and this just absolutely famous people of this world to get you your own personalised video message. And you know what? Yeah, what? Dan Const is now on Cameo, yep. baby. Yeah, Aren't I'm on you, there. Dan? Yep, search for me. I'll get you a video. It's cheap as. Mate, it's my birthday coming up. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, I want you signed up to it, Dave. I'd like to some messages from. I'd like you to retell some uh, stories <laughs> when you're done. Um, <clears throat> we're going to get into this because I'm going to wrap this up <clears throat> shortly. So we're going to go straight in. Of course. Uh, there's a couple of stories I'd like to get out. So uh, if we go down the list a little bit, thanks to Cameo for social media here. Maddie Palmer underscore. Dan? Oh. Uh, tell That's us. A a, what was that? Sorry. Nah, sorry, chicken. What's what's chicken got to ask? Okay, tell us about your Talabudra Creek fishing expedition. Uh, have, I, have I butchered the pronunciation? No, of that? Uh, no, Talabudra. Yeah, no. Nah, a couple of years ago, me and my mate Possum, Tommy Miller, <laughs> Possum. shout out. Um, this was sort of the first bout of COVID. Beautiful day on the water, so we went fishing. Great day out. Caught absolutely nothing. A couple of bait fish. There was a glass out, so no, no waves at all. Coming back through the bar at Talabudra. It actually was sort of tide. Tide was coming out, swell was coming in, so there was a little bit of little bit of wave action. Um, and yeah, it must have been high tide because the waves were actually kicking up. And anyway, we've uh, <laughs> we've rolled in, and he's just like, "Oh no, I'll just let the wave sort of just take me on, take me in. It'll just roll underneath us." I was like, "No, no, 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 reverse. You've got to be on the back of the wave. You've got to be on the back of the wave." He's like, "No, no, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine." Anyway, this wave's kicked up, popped up. We're sitting on the top, and we just go. Straight down, nose straight down the front, over the waterfall. Boat at the back of the boat comes straight over the top. We're all flung out there, flailing around. <laughs> the surfers next to us, it was like... So we were, yeah, we are just hanging on to the boat, like in the Talabudra bar for like 15 minutes. Jet skis coming around. By that stage, um, TV cameras were already there. Uh, cops were there. Jet skis were there. Like everything. Uh, wasn't... Wasn't our finest star? Your phone and your thousands of dollars of fishing equipment is now on the. Gone. Gone. 
bottom bottom of the creek. Yeah. Bottom of no, it's not a creek. Bottom of the ocean. Yeah, bottom of the ocean. So, <laughs> so I got home and like me, Mrs. Uh, Lauren was uh, like calling me because our dog was sick at the vet or something. She's like, "Why aren't you answering your phone? What's going on?" <laughs> well, I'm standing there with a broken fishing rod, still wet. She's like, "Happened to you?" I was like, "Bad." Listen, listen to me. Make, make sure you're following us on sco- on social media, backchat double underscore. I'm going to get the footage from Davo of the TV interview that he did standing <laughs> oh, on yes. the side of the water with his boat in the background. <laughs> it's one of the greats of all time. <laughs> it's surprisingly um, nothing. Went, it could have gone so bad, but it went so well. Now, <clears throat> we're going to go straight into this. This is from, uh, this is from M. Spanger. He asks, he asks, uh, Davo, tell us between, tell us the difference between Joondalup, uh, the road up in Joondalup north and south when you're going for, on a go-karting expedition. It's very similar to your fishing expedition, actually. <laughs> I don't know why I've got so many of these. It's ridiculous. Right. I think I, think I do. <laughs> so anyway, somebody in all their infinite wisdom decided to have a go-karting party at Barbagello. That was uh, me. 21st birthday. Yeah, it was my 21st go-karting. Um, anyway. So, me and Eric McKenzie, Eric's a bit of an instigator here or an enabler. I was late. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) of course you were late. (laughs) I was working. I was was a plumber at this stage and Eric's like, oh, you best get up there quick, Domo. So, anyway, we're going up the freeway to Barbagello Racecourse, past Junilup. I would have been speeding. Um, So, the engine was red hot and there's, there's a road, Water Road East and Water Road West. All right? Now, on the map... It's probably like that far. Yeah. On a bigger map, it's a little bit further. For people who are listening, it's a very, very small amount. Very, very small amount. Um, and so Easy was like, oh, just go up here, Dave. It'll, it'll turn into that road. We'll be able to get to the, 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 uh, the racetrack, no drama. So I was like, cool, sweet. Turn up this road. Go on bitumen all the way. Bitumen turns into gravel. Gravel turns into like off-road. I'm in a, sorry, I'm in a Mitsubishi O2 Magna with like... <laughs> The roll down windows and all the rest, <laughs> front wheel drive. So we're going to like off road, and then Easy's like, "I'm like, should I turn around?" He's like, "No, nah, Dave, I just keep going. You'll be right." So I was like, "All right, keep going." Like, boof, 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 bouncing all over the place. Trees are hitting the side of my car. Um, I was moving house at the time, so my car is just filled with like all my stuff, your, your belongings, your <laughs> all of my belongings. Spoken. So we're going off road pretty much on the, still on this track, going like over these like little stutter bumps and, and everything and then see a go past a burnt out car, go past another burnt out car and I was like, oh, um, should probably turn around. And then Easy's like, yeah, should probably turn around. I've got this massive sand trap in there. Front wheel drive. I'm like redlining the whole time. So my car's like at like 6,000 revs going through this stuff. Like, Come back around, get stuck on a grass tree and yes. then Easy's like, can you smell that? And like smoke was coming out from under the bonnet. But different story. Timmy Hulan and, and someone else took me car bin bashing. So there was like a little bit of oil coming out on top of the uh, on the battery anyway. So that was the smoke. So I said, no, nah, there's a bit of excess oil on top of the battery that's burning off. And he's like, no, nah, that smells like bushfire. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, nah, it's not. So I keep revving. I'm bogged. I jump out of the car, sit on the bonnet, take a photo because I'm bogged. I was like, geez, that's hot. Jump back sit in the car. It's on the bonnet. Yeah, one of the like, paint me like one of your French girls type, <laughs> type thing. <laughs> Start revving it to get it off. And then um, and then the smoke billowing from out of the bonnet. And I was like, oh my God. So I like, pop the bonnet, get around the front, 
I go to open it up and have a look and just pop the bonnet and just like flames everywhere. And I was like, oh my God. So I jump back in the car, start trying to rev it. Why are you jumping back in the car? I had no idea what to do. So I'm back in the car, trying to get it off. And I was like, oh, nah. And so I bailed after about maybe 20 seconds. I grabbed my keys and I grabbed my phone and uh, my wallet. And I was, so me and EG standing there like shoeless and shirtless. Just Wait, like, pause story. So we're like, at this stage, we're like, where is Davo? He's so late. We finally get a hold of him. Easy, easy answers Davo's phone and says, G'day, Scully. Um, we're going to need a bit of water here, mate. We've just got a bit of an issue with Davo's car. And I said, oh, righto, mate. Like, you, you're ruining my 21st birthday, but no worries. I'll send Spang over with some water. So Spang takes his car, drives down, down the same road, and stops a fair way down because um, – it was impassable. It was, by, he, off, he was, it was it, off road. Yeah, he was driving a four wheel drive and had to stop his car. It was that impassable. <laughs> well, Davo continued on with his Magna. So Spain gets out of his car with two bottles of water, with two six hundred mil bottles of water, and he's running down the track. Oh my right, God. because they have an issue with the car. Continue the story, Davo. So, so yeah, so we're standing back looking at this. Uh, looking at this car, the tree next to us starts going up in flames. The ground starts burning, the horn's going off, the lights are starting to flash, and we're like, ah, uh, should we call the fire brigade? And I was like, you reckon? He's like, yeah, I think we might. And I was like, oh, that's, yeah, all right, so call the fire brigade. They're like, what road are you on? We're like, what a road east? Like, there's nothing out there. I was like, yeah, we yeah, we know. Just follow the smoke if you can. And so Spang is still running up this road because it's a good, like, 2K from where he left his car. <laughs> but anyway, so... Everywhere around the car is burning out. Like, the whole car's now on fire. Spang comes, like, flying around the corner, like, sees all this stuff. He's, like, got his 600 mil bottles of water. He's, he's like, what do you want? I thought you needed water. He starts drinking it. Anyway, Spanger and, uh, and Easy, I think, stay up there near the car, like, on the far side of it, so up, upwind. Um, and I'm, like, running back to go and get the, the fire brigade. In the meantime, we're getting dive bombed by dive bombed by like helicopters coming like put like smashing smashing my car. I get down there, there's like two trucks and a uh, like four wheel drive, and we're like fanging up fanging up the road. There's like kangaroos, rabbits, like boom, like flying across the road. We get there like just a shell, an inferno, like everything's burnt out around. I've got soot all over my feet, just wearing shorts. End up turning up to um, Scoey's uh, birthday party, like so wait. frazzled. <laughs> so, we, we didn't get a go. We, was, we didn't get a go. Like, Where have you been, mate? What's going on? We turn around, it's like, see all that? It's like all this like black smoke, like heavy smoke. It's like, yeah, that's me car, mate. Uh, didn't you get a bill? Didn't you get a bill from the fire brigade? Nah. So the because there was like other burnout cars up there, like the insurance company, were like this is such a scam. And the, and then because I was moving house, I had all my stuff in there. They're like, what'd you have? In, like, what are you going to claim? And I was like, oh. Everything. Yeah, like my laptops, everything, and they're like, right, on, mate. Mona Lisa. So, yeah, so everything was in there, all the Monos, you name it, um, the Mona fine China. <laughs> and so, Allianz, great partner of the AFL. Allianz get up there. <laughs> they do an investigation. FISA do an investigation. They find out it wasn't legal. It wasn't illegally started. It was just purely just because the engine was so hot. The um, and you're a dumbass. Uh, yeah, that was in, that was in the footnotes. Um, but they came back. They went to go get my car out with a tow truck. Couldn't get it out. Four drive. Couldn't get it out. Had to get a bulldozer out to, to finish the investigation. Got the bulldozer out. Ended up getting all my insurance back. 
a couple of iPods, a couple of laptops. It was outstanding. Oh. I couldn't believe how everything went. And nothing nothing was ever spoken about it ever again. Well, oh, that's very good. What about um, A-Cup? We're going to have to wrap that up. That oh. one story has taken, taken Sorry, us mate. for Scotia Media. No, it was just beautiful stuff. Dan, do you have any more questions to finish this off, mate? I'm just I'm trying to process all of that. It was a lot. Just the last hour alone. Yeah. It was very good. Sorry, um, but I'm a professional. No, <laughs> we know you are. I think you've had a great footy, footy career, great footy story, great footy journey, but you've had some laughs along the way. It certainly provided me with a lot, and we appreciate you doubling up, getting a conference room and, uh, and, mm. and enlightening us with your journey today, mate. It's been fun. Uh, thank you very much, Mark. I do, uh, I do like reliving this kind of stuff with you. I just have one question, one more question uh, for you, Scoey, actually. Mm, um, okay, social media gets yeah, asked the question. Media, Here we go. Sorry, mate. Uh, will you be in my wedding party? Can you be in my wedding party, please? Yes. Holy shit! Is this <laughs> is, is this like is this is like a this this is like those moments? This is one of those moments. This is one of them. Yeah. I was. I'm going to be a groomsman. You're going to be a groomsman, brother. What about Dan? Yeah. Can I? Sorry, come? bud. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll get a live cross. <laughs> 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 yes, mate. I would love to. Thank you for asking. Good. Nah, well, thank you, mate. Uh, why don't we let listeners know when the uh, wedding is? Oh, yeah. It's on grand final day. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, yeah, there'll be no so broadcast I'm, back I'm chat on grand final day. For, uh, for grand final day, Very mate, good. I'm, I'm truly honoured, Dave. I would love to be a groomsman. Nah, thank you very much for accepting, mate. Uh, how good's that? Back chat. We're going to end on that moment. Bloody beautiful. Love you, Davo. Very good, Dan. Uh, you can catch us on all the socials. You're going to be impressed with this, Davo. Back chat, double underscore. You can see us. Uh, you send it, we read it. You can send us an email. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Catch us on the website, backchatpodcast.com.au. You can find us on YouTube. You, back chat. What do they do at Reddit, Dan? I don't know what they do over there. Post good stuff. Ask okay, great. Tumblr. I miss miss TikTok as well. You can find us on TikTok. Uh, Sign up to be a patron on Patreon. You can find that on all of our links across social. We love you listening. We love our listeners. Davo, good man. Dan, good man. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.